Backyard Conversations Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to uh, another episode of the uh, Backyard, Backyard Conversation Conversations. Podcast. Uh, here, if you're new here, we aim to um, bring up uh, topics and struggles that relate to Christian youth, and we hope to show you guys how to uh, think about these topics, how to approach them, uh, how to um, how to ingest these events these crazy things that are happening today in a biblical manner and we hope to edify you guys and to um and bless you guys yep make sure you uh subscribe and hit that like button help us out the best thing that you can do if um these videos are helping you out is subscribe share like um and that would be a huge help what do we have today Mr. Uh, Kevin here. We got his testimony. We have Kevin's testimony. And the reason why we're doing this, uh, just a, as a fresh reminder, is for you to kind of know the background of where we're coming from and who we are. Uh, we're not uh, the chosen cherry. We're no. not <laughs> the last milkshake. We're, we're just, right. you know, people that chose to believe in, 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 in God and we chose to believe that we have a purpose in life because um, not because we we think we're better than everybody but because christ died for our sins and he redeemed us and he gave us a new identity so so we got uh me and jerry's already if you haven't seen those check those out but today we're doing kevin the last one amen amen it's truly an honor uh i think uh this project that we've already started is gonna is gonna bless many people. Amen. It's already blessing people, and uh, I hope in some way, in some manner, the story of my life can bless you. Uh, I can say from the beginning, the glory is not mine. The glory belongs to God. Amen. Uh, I give Him thanks for what He's done and for what He's doing. So, um, welcome. Amen. Amen. All right. So, where do you want to start off? Um, I'm gonna just give a little bit of a little bit of background. You know, just a little bit about me. I'm um, 24 years old, born December 1998, a cold winter. My dad said it was really, really snowy that day. Uh, I was born in New York, actually, Queens. If you don't know, I was born in Flushing, Queens. And if you don't know Flushing, Queens, that's like downtown Baltimore. That's like real, real hood. And, Isn't uh, a Spider-Man in Queens? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah he is. But, uh, yeah, um, I was uh, initially... I was going to be born here in Maryland, uh, but due to other circumstances, uh, my mom, she just decided to go to New York. And um, without my dad even knowing, she just gave birth over there. Without your dad knowing? Yeah. Wait, yep. so she moved to New York without your dad? Yep. Yeah, she just, she, she calls it, she fled from my dad. Uh, they, were, they were splitting. Okay. So um, once my dad found out that I had been born, he flew to New York. And he tried, he, I mean, he, he only moved to New York to connect with me, just to know about my whereabouts. Um, I was only there for about a year, a year and a half, and then we came back to Maryland. Um, now in Maryland, uh, my parents, were, they were split already. I was living with my mom. Uh, at times, my dad would pick me up. You know, most of the time, I was always with my mom. Uh, the last thing I recall probably of my toddler age was at the age of three was one of the birthdays that i remember one of the very very few birthdays we're going to talk about that why one of the very few birthdays um and the only reason why nobody is because there's a tape that i have oh, about nice. the birthday uh-huh. that's it uh so uh that was one of the 
I think closest, more more family moments I ever had in my life. Um, then comes a time where um, my sister and I were experiencing things at home that at that age you're not supposed to be experiencing. Um, it's a, you know we're we're, we're getting. So um, we come to my dad and we confess. We tell him he sees the marks, he sees the bruises, and you know he go, comes up to my mom. He says, you know, I don't want you placing your hands on my kids like this. You know, if you're gonna discipline them, there's a right way of doing it, but this is not the right way. They got into a huge argument. She decided that you know let's go to court. In court, uh, the judge decided that it was best for my sister and I to move in with my dad. So we move in with my dad, um, and uh, my mom disappears. She disappears. Wow. Uh, I was five. My sister was uh, seven. So uh, we're with my dad. Uh, my dad was married again. Now he was in church. Now he was fully working, serving in the church. Um, and since I have memory, every Sunday I went to church. Oh, since, wow. I, since I can remember, every Sunday we were at church. Uh, it was always in downtown Sword Spring. Uh, it was a very known church in Central America. Very big church, too. Uh, and we would go every Sunday. Sometimes they would do services on Tuesdays, and we were there. Sometimes on Friday nights, and we were there. You know, the famous Bihilia, we were mm -hmm. there. Um, yeah. And, you know, I was just attending. As a kid, I'm, you know, I, didn't, I don't know what it really was. I, I kind of was just going. Uh, most of the time, you, because my dad was serving, I was always in the back just sitting, just doing my thing. Well, was he, like, ushering or mm -hmm. was it? Okay. Yeah, cool. it, was, uh, it was mostly ushering. Uh, later on in the, through time, the church bought a temple. Uh, they bought a whole building. A three-story building Dang. and that's when my dad he became a deacon so now he was serving in other areas he started working in media and uh um, daniel's media yeah he started oh, doing oh. media he, my dad he used nice. to control the switcher hey. oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah we had uh we had three cameras and um my dad would put some headphones on and he would tell him go ahead camera one <laughs> <Dang>. <laughs> oh, <wow. Yeah. laughs> so so uh so real quick so you 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 were born in new york uh-huh with your mom Right. Your dad went over there, and he stayed there for a little bit? Yeah, yeah. He and then here. both your mom and your dad went back to Maryland, or yep. just your dad? No, no, they both came so back. So they both went uh -huh. back to Maryland. And so in Maryland, you grew up with, um, were they still separated? or was yeah, it, yeah, they, they were separated. So you grew up with who, your mom mainly? Yeah, mainly I was always with my mom. Mm. Uh, my dad would pick me up, I think, like twice, twice a week. Uh, there was one time that my dad took me for a whole week, and she got really mad at him. He told me about it. <laughs> Uh, another time that uh, he he saw that my hair was so long, he decided to give me a haircut, and she got really mad at it. Oh, um, like it was it was so that's weird. Funny, yeah. It, my brother he used to have long hair, and my dad took him to get uh -huh. haircut. He cut it short. My mom cried that day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah it was so okay. it was like, but all, throughout that time, I was so young that you know I was just kind of getting pulled. You know, I would go with my dad. Right, okay. you uh -huh. really yeah. didn't have a choice. How, how was that experience? Like having to always go back and forth. Uh, to me, it was like. Whatever, because yeah. I had a I had a life with my mom, but I also had a life with my dad. You know, I had a set of toys on my mom's house, but I had a set of toys on my dad's house. So, <laughs> so it really didn't okay. matter. But you, so it wasn't weird to you that your parents didn't live together. No, it's it's just the only thing that was different was the type of home it was. My, okay, my I mean, my dad was a Christian home, so there wasn't loud music, there wasn't parties, it was none of that. Uh, in my mom's house, there was. Okay, they did party. So your they, mom was wild and yeah, yeah, yeah. While yeah, you were home, yeah. Oh, yeah, nah. oftentimes I would be sleeping and the music be going and random oh, wow. people would be in the rooms, and um, but they never, you know, they never did anything to us. But uh, we grew up in that ambient that sometimes I would wake up and it, there's a party going on. Just, <laughs> How old was your mom? 
Oh, in that time, I really don't know. I <laughs> do really, you, I really don't know. Do you, do you know her now, or she she's uh, not in your life? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, uh, she came back when I was eighteen. That was oh, when she made contact. Uh, and um, later on, I'll, I'll explain in the uh-huh. testimony. We know what happened. Uh, I love my mom now, and I talk to her, and I think I have a good relationship with her. That's uh, awesome, dude. Amen, but, amen. So, so yeah. So you're with your mom, then you tell your dad that you guys are getting uh, abused. Abused, pretty much. Yeah. And so go to court. Your dad wins custody, and you yep. said you were around what five? You said yeah, I was like five. Okay, yep. so now you're living with your dad. Yep. And so he's in church, and yep, yep. Okay. He's he's okay. taking us to church. Uh, then around uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna say like six through eight years old. Now my dad tries to get me involved. He tries to get me involved in church. He wants me to participate. One of the things, and it was uh, I think the only moment in my life that I remember of going to church with my dad. That really, really gave me so much anxiety was the fact that my dad would make me sing in front of the whole church. Ooh. <laughs> and and I mean it was a big yeah. it was a big church. Like it was like three hundred wow. people, a big stage. Three hundred like, people, yeah. What kind of church was it? It was uh apostles and prophets. Oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. <laughs> yeah, so big oof. How did that did your your did your family receive any backlash because of uh like did they know you were like from another mom? Or like yeah, did, you, did your dad get any backlash like, for that for having no? Him? Uh, most of my family supported my dad. That's oh, that's that's surprising. Yeah, yeah they uh, they they looked at my dad as as the dad that wants to be in in his kid's life. Oh, they uh, they, they saw my dad that like that working father, the one that was always there, um, the one that always provided. They always saw my dad as the most responsible one. My mom, on the other hand, they always saw her as the like, you know, she kind of had kids just to have kids. Okay. Uh, hey, yo, what? What does that it, even mean? Yeah, it's like <laughs> it's like she what got are pregnant. Your and, your dolls? Yeah, she got pregnant no, just and didn't through, through the flow. Yeah, yeah, because I wasn't planned. I wasn't planned. I was basically an accident to her. Uh, and uh, one of the things, I'm, I'm, let me take a, a, a little step back to New York. One of the things that happened uh, when I was born, my dad tells me was that I was born with my tongue stuck to the bottom of my mouth. Mm. So he said that the, uh, doctors would look at me when I would cry, and they would see that my tongue wouldn't move at all. I would open my mouth, and my tongue wouldn't move. It would be stuck to my mouth. And they wanted to do a surgery, but they needed to wait about five days before they could actually do the surgery. And when the day of the surgery came, they came up to me, and then they opened my mouth, and they saw that my tongue was free. So uh, my dad testifies about it because later on, like in the years, I started a ministry. Mm. And... Um, and that's actually the next part. At the age of seven, I began to preach. Wow, that's young, bro. That's young, yeah. Yeah, we had a we had a kid church, seven. like real kid church, like it was a church by the kids in the second level of the church. So, while you're, the adults. so you're in like what third grade? No, age of seven. No, I'm like second, second grade. grade. Yep. Oh wow! Yep. Dang. <laughs> yep. You were young. I was oh, nowhere yeah, near yeah, preaching yeah. in second grade, man. Yeah, I uh, I, I guess since. I grew up so much in the ambient of church because, I mean, my dad would take me to church, but at the same time, we lived in the basement with my uncle. I've always lived in the basement with my uncle. And, like, my my kid years and my teenage years, I always lived in the basement with my uncle. My uncle was a pastor. Oh, really? And his oh. church was his house. It was upstairs. That's oh, where he literally so you lived yes. oh, okay. in the church. There's yeah. a house church? Yeah. Wow. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. And uh, they every time I would get home on Saturdays, there was church. Oh, the wow. church was going on upstairs. So, so so I grew up listening. I would be downstairs, and I grew up listening to sermons. I would sit at the top of the stairs, and I would listen to the sermon. 
I would listen to the coritas. I would listen to the songs. And then one day, eventually, they were like, why don't you let Kevin join us? You know, if you, if you guys are not at church, why can't he join us? So we would, yeah. at times, we would join him. They would have vigilias till like six in the morning. So we, <laughs> From when? Probably like seven at night. What? We need to go back to those days. That's like yeah. 12 hours. Yeah, oh, yeah. That's too long. Yeah, <laughs> no, was, I, need to, I, remember, I remember, I have memories of me as a kid just sleeping in the street. Because, uh, so in, in El Salvador, they used to do it in the street, like open, yeah. like they would close a, a whole street down. They would set up a stage, put up big speakers uh-huh. and I would literally sleep on the back of a car or on, uh, on the sleeping bag on, on the floor. Like it would be like that while mm-hmm. like people, you know, we're still praying, we're, we're still, still praying singing. and I'm not going to lie. There's some wild stuff that happens in, in yeah. those, uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I, I saw a lot of things happen. Uh, I have a cousin of mine that I grew up with. He's my primo hermano. He's like a brother to me. Uh, He would, you know, being the pastor's kid, he would be involved in church so much. I mean, he played music. He preached. He he taught. He directed services. But one of the things that, uh, in that time, he was like, I'm going to say like 10 Oh wow! Directing yeah. services at ten. Yeah. He's Dang. like he was like ten, eleven, somewhere on there. Uh-huh. So you but, were young. You, you that's yeah. that's wild. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, I mean, my dad. He really wanted to maybe really into church. He wanted <laughs> right. me to really know what he was about. Jeez. But I, I saw things happen uh-huh. in those services upstairs. I would, uh, I would hear people get delivered. People's uh, arms that had, you know, they had back problems. I would see their arms grow. Um, I saw uh, paralyzed people move. Oh, wow. uh, my cousin, he would uh, he would play the piano. He would sing. I don't know what he would do on the piano. He would leave the piano, and the piano would play by itself. And he would grab the mic, and he would go minister people, singing and prophesying. And oh, wow. uh, my uncle, at oh, the same time. Play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a really old Yamaha. Yeah, Real yeah, yeah, yeah. You have pre, yeah. pre, uh, there's like preloaded be, uh, beat rhythms yep. and stuff on there. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> songs. And, and my uncle, I remember that he would, from the altar, people would speak in songs, and he would interpret uh, he would prophesy to church. Like, it was crazy stuff. But here's the thing. I saw more things happen in that small church upstairs than the actual big church where my dad took me. Mm. Oh, wow. Like, it was it was so weird. And that that's what kind of attracted me to that church. The fact that they would talk about a God that moves and he would move. Right. But then at my other church where my dad would take me, they would talk about God and holiness and all this other stuff. And ain't nothing ever happened. I never saw anything happen. Mm. So it was... Uh, you know that's that's uh i think that's where my my mind kind of began to open a little bit about what church is you know it's about god it's about jesus it's about jesus dying for us all that stuff did that uh, confuse you like why is god flowing a different way here and yeah no here? no i i definitely questioned why i never asked nobody though i never mm-hmm. i never asked nobody like why does it happen here no one no one ever told me that God can be so close to you. No one ever told me that Jesus, you know, can actually have a relationship with you. No one right. ever told me that. It was more about you go to church, you serve, and you worship. You give your DS more. That's it. And, um, I mean, now starting to preach at the age of seven, most of the things that I'm preaching, and I can say this freely because many kids that start at that age are like that. They preach what they hear. You know, they hear that the adults say, you know, if you don't give your life to Jesus, you go going to hell. The kid preaches that, and the adults <laughs> like that. Right. So oh, I start preaching when I'm listening at church. My dad, he, my dad is pushing me. My dad was really pushing on me, like, go study, go study. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I didn't like it. Heck no, I didn't bro. like it because I'm a kid. <laughs> yeah, right, you're right, seven. You want to go I play some? He would, he would tell soccer. me, like, I remember there was times that my dad would pull me to the kitchen, coming from church, and he'd be like, I never see you come home from church, take off your shoes, run, grab your Bible, and start reading. And I, and I'd be what? so confused, like. 
What? Like, for what? We, we just came from church. Yeah, he, he do that? No, no. Yeah. I, I would see my dad study before, like, uh, we had cellulas on Fridays. Right, I would see him study, like, a day prior to the cellula because he had to preach. But he never had to build a message. They would give him a whole, like, pamphlet uh, with uh, all the okay. messages in so there. And all he would trying. do is have to just read it, read it, run through it, read the verses, and go. I had to read and make my sermons. Right. So yeah, I had a fair, right? so I had a lot of sermons. I had so a, your childhood was that. Yeah, that's it. It's just church, reading the Bible, studying. No cartoons. No, no, toys, no, no, no. Like I would, I would watch TV. Like yeah, and I would watch movies and I would play. But what was really heavy on me was read the Bible, study, study, study. My dad was really heavy on that. No PS2, nothing. No, no, no video games were a sin. What? Yeah, video games were sent. They they actually um they actually told us that uh Nintendo's actually came from an association in Japan that actually dedicated all the video games to Satan. Oh my wow. god. And what then, kind uh, of conspiracy theory? Is it was that? it was it was so weird. And the, and the thing is I bought Japanese it. Illuminati. The thing is I bought I bought into it. Like uh-huh. I was like, yeah, you believed that's, it? that's uh, that's sin. Like, you know, they made a video about Pokemon, just Pokemon. How Pokemon's a sin, and I'll be like, "Yo, if you got Pokemon, kid, you going to hell." <laughs> like it, it was, it was just like that. You would have told me I would go to hell. I had Pokemon. Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, I didn't know how to use it. Look, I went to so many kid services. Like they would do revival services for kids, and I would go three days, and I would preach to the kids, and I would see kids wearing Dragon Ball Pokemon, and I would tell them, "You need to repent. You need to repent. You need to repent." <laughs> at school, Straight up yeah, like that. At church. Oh, at, at church. church. Oh, yeah. Hey, yeah. Uh, I would get invited. I would get invited to churches to preach, and uh, but here's the thing, though. Although my sermon was so messed up because it was not, you know, I had no, I had no theology. I had no, I had no theology. It was just all listened and read. Uh, although my sermons were so weird, so so distorted, I guess, and they needed somebody to teach me, hey, this is how you do a sermon. This is what the Bible says. But when I would pray for the people, God would still move. Mm-hmm. I experienced that. My family knows about that. That were there because when I mean when they would invite me, my whole family would go. My my stepmom, uh, my sister, and my dad, and we, my dad, created a whole media thing just for those those moments. He bought a camera. He bought a camera. He would buy cables to record, and at the same time, the recording would burn into a DVD. And then he bought a, a, a burner. Yeah, and he put the my master. dad has those. Yeah. Future, future. He put it at the top, the master, and then it like a bunch of slots. Future backyard conversations. Yeah. Let's, let's look at uh, Kevin's tapes. <laughs> the hidden yeah, tapes. Right. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably bring them. I still have them. I have a lot of them. Dang, I have a lot. gotta take those out. Yeah, I have That's a lot. That's crazy. And uh, he, would, he would literally burn the discs and make many copies. And then he told me that to tell the people after the service, the church that we just had right now, the service, we have it on DVD. It's ready. And people would buy it. My dad would never charge him. My dad would never say, like, it's this much. He would just say whatever's in your heart. And people would drop hundreds, 50 for one DVD, <laughs> 250. And it's, it's like, and that I guess that's what caused my dad to buy more stuff. And that's what opened up the door to the next thing to happen. My church actually sent me on missions. And I went to El Salvador and Honduras to preach. And, I mean, I went on a tour. I went to places in El Salvador that I never knew existed. I went to churches that I, I never knew who they were. Right. I don't know what the service was. They would just tell me, like, today you're going to go preach at this time. Okay. And then we'd go and we'd preach. All right. We're, we're, we're going on a two-hour drive. Where? To another church. We're going to go preach. And it was just like that. Um, I think one of the most notorious things that happened in the missions, one was they put me to preach in front of, I think it was 150 people in in, in front of, in a basketball court. It was actually a basketball court. And they made, like you said, a platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I preached. And I prayed for people, and one of the persons that came up was a blind kid. And the blind kid didn't want to leave me. The blind kid wanted to sit and talk to me the whole time. And uh, my dad was like, make sure you pray for him. 
And I was so scared to pray for him because I was like, what if I pray for him and he doesn't get healed? Like, what if, what if nothing happens? My dad's like, just pray for him. He's, I was like, but he did, what if he doesn't get healed? My dad's like, just pray for him. Right. And I prayed for the kid, and um, the mother was getting ministered. Look, the mother got more ministered than anybody else. Like, <laughs> I'm out here praying for the kid, uh -huh. and she's out there crying. And she fainted and everything. And then I'm like, okay, there's the power of God. And, uh, and then I'm praying for the kid, and I'm hoping the kid receives vision. But nothing happens. Mm -hmm. and nothing happens. So that kind of like threw me off. Like, okay, nothing, nothing's happening. But yet again, I'm out here praying for this old lady, and she's falling, and I'm praying for this kid, and he's falling, and like it's just. I'm, that and you old, were you were eight? Yeah, I was like eight. You were not, eight, what? nine years old. Eight or nine years old. Yeah, that's so I, crazy. I'm, I'm, right? I'm kind of shocked because I'm like, what? He's eight. Wait, hold on. Did you get a recording? Did your dad get a recording? I have, a, I have, a, I have Yo, a, I need to see an eight-year-old slaying people oh, yeah. in the spirits. I have that on DVD. Yo. That is so uh, crazy. So, so I mean, that that consumed your childhood. Yep. Yep. My whole uh, childhood was. How did that church. affect you? I mean, like I said, in that time, my whole life was just church. So I didn't really know anything else oh, about okay. being a kid out there. It's mm -hmm. just I, I, I didn't. There's no playtime. No, there was like, yeah, I can go outside and play. But what, what, at the same time, it was normal when they said, okay, we're going to church and it's about three hours. Okay, whatever. Do you think religion ruined your childhood? Uh, very much. <laughs> very much. Right. Yeah, there's a story that I've told a couple friends of. Uh, I had a neighbor across the street. And uh, neighbor, he had like four basketballs. And one day he's like, "You want one?" And I was like, "Yeah." Uh, and he rolled it over the street, and I grabbed it. You know, I played with it in front of the house, and I went to the back, and I showed my stepmom. And then my stepmom was like, "Okay, he gave you the basketball." And I was like, "Yeah." She's like, "Okay." She grabbed it. She went into the kitchen, and she grabbed the biggest knife she could find, and she dug it. <laughs> no way! Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, she dug it, oh and she God. cut it. She cut it in four pieces. Bro, that's so extra. You could have just popped it. That's yeah, it. she gave him to me, and she's like, "I'm gonna give you the honors of throwing it away." The oh, honors? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Do you think your dad would have done the same thing? No, my dad would have just told me to give it back, probably. But he wouldn't. Uh, okay. He wouldn't have chopped it up. <laughs> and then, uh, and I threw it away, and I was so confused. Like, and all she told me was, "Las pelotas son del diablo," and that was it. <laughs> that was it. That's no explanation yeah, from the yeah, devil. Yeah, no man, I I remember that wearing a hat was from satanic. Yeah, wearing your hat backwards was yep. satanic. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I I uh, I kind of grew up in a similar environment, but a little bit more liberal. So I wasn't allowed to watch Dragon Ball Z. I wasn't allowed to watch certain things Me either. But 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 at the same time, my my uh, mom and, and and her friends would watch like scary movie in front of me. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, there was what? no balance. Yeah, you know, that doesn't make It's like, sense. oh, you're not allowed to watch this, but here, let's watch a rated R movie right in front of my kid. Right. So, um, I mean, it, it, it it's annoying. Yeah. I mean, as a kid, I was confused because I was like, okay, uh, wearing a hat is bad, but then you're watching movies uh, <laughs> and, and, and uh, novella and TV shows uh -huh. that, that have really explicit things in, in, in front of me. Right. And I'm not gonna lie. I mean, my grandma would stay away from it because it was mainly my grandma that would push that on onto onto like uh, us. Mm -hmm. But that that cripples you because it did to me. Like I was like I was so annoyed. I mean, I got to a point where um, I mean, I didn't. I don't say. I don't. I don't know if, where do you draw the line of abuse. But my grandma was wild, dude. She would hit me all the time like, the for anything you know? for nothing. I remember this one time she grabbed a stick with thorns. And she didn't know it had thorns. And she smacked my back with that joint. Bro, my whole back was bleeding, bro. It was bad. But uh, it was because I uh, threw a rock at a, at a frog. 
Yo, what in the oh world? So it's like, I don't know. It was like, you know, just dumb stuff. Yeah, right? I've heard. I don't mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm Puerto Rican. It's a little different, but y'all, yeah. Yeah, so Central, heard Central, Central America, Americans, Central America, the religion and the, 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 the aspect of legalism in Central America hit hard. Right. I'm not yeah. going to lie. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure PR. No, too. no, no. It's present there. Yeah. In the same degree. It's just not as common. Mm-hmm. Right, I feel like Central America it's like everywhere, 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 yeah. and yeah, I mean that that draws people away because right. there's not a healthy balance, right? Uh-huh. And it, I mean, it, it, like at home, it was just like whatever. But now in school, in school life was a little bit different because I would dress different. Uh-huh. I would dress differently than all the kids. The one things that my parents always made me do was tuck in my shirts, and everything I wore. I Did o- you wear button ups? No, no, I just any any shirt I wore. Oh, okay. Any shirt I wore, I had to tuck it in. I think your dad still tucks in his shirts too. Yeah, yeah, he does yeah. it. He does it sometimes. But uh they were heavy on me like, like you need a, you, you need to tuck in your shirt. Like t shirt and jeans tucked yes, in your shirt. Everything. I always always tuck in my shirt. You always wear a belt. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and then in school the, the kids they would ask me like, why are you, why are you tucking your shirts? And yeah, I would it's always, not a... and then the only explanation I can give them was what my parents gave me. Because 'Cause I'm a I'm a kid of God. And kids of God have to wear their shirts in. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's, such, that's the wackest. That's, that's and the then they would and they would tell I me. Smell bullying right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not. Like, some of them, like, some of them would be like, yeah, "I'm a Christian, and I don't, I don't, I don't yeah. do it." And I'd be like, "No, if you don't do it, you're not a Christian. You're not really a Christian." Some of them would be like, "Yeah, there was a church that was across the street, like not across the street, but if you go down the road, right across the street, when it does an intersection, there was a church, and it literally said Church of Christ." And he's like, yeah, I go to that church. I was like, that's not a Christian church. Bro. And he was like, why? And I was like, because I've seen the people that come out of there. None of them look Christian. Just because I saw the way they wore, what they right. wore. So, so it was, Dang, it was they were indoctrinating yeah. you with all this judgment. So it was like, so it was like, it's like, it's like they teach you that automatically. Uh-huh. You know, you as a child of God, you got to look different. You got to sound different. You got to seem different. Everything of you has to be different. Every kid in my church, as far as I knew, was the same way as I was. They probably didn't tuck in their shirts. I tell you that. But they were they were really like strict uh-huh. with everybody. So worry about yeah. more about the image and the external uh-huh. than the uh-huh. internal. I think right. you uh, you had said last time uh, that you had a similar experience where um, uh, what did you say? You said that they didn't explain to you, like they would never explain to you yeah, why yeah. things They're were bad. Never, 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 never. So one one of the things that. Um, kind of annoyed me about going to church is the fact that they would tell me going to the beach it's a sin going to six flags what was a sin Mm -hmm. going to missing one sunday was a sin so if you miss in the church that i went to if you missed a sunday you were automatically looked at as suspicious like what is wrong with them what's going on what did they do what sin they committed so it was it was like that kind of environment, and to be honest, man, uh, I'm not gonna lie. The, the the kids that I that I saw in that church were were when they hit 18, they got pretty wild. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's because they were so restricted? Yeah, yeah. They they didn't had the, the 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 capacity to have a balance. Like they they like for example, with as a kid, you 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 know you you want to explore you want to you want to be curious mm-hmm. but you have the ability to do that while being innocent 
but then you hit 18 and you're no longer have innocent motives mm -hmm. right. so now you're being curious and you're being curious about the wrong things uh -huh. so when yeah. they don't allow the kid to 100% like develop in that area when they're growing up mm -hmm. they automatically lashed out when they get older yeah i heard a lot I've, i know people at, uh, at our church that had that experience when they were younger yeah they they said they went to churches that were like super strict and yeah. just made them want to like break out from those rules i think i think they those those religious places they tend to forget yes we're not of this world but we still are in the world right yeah, we're like, still here yeah. we still have to <laughs> i mean if our job is to go out and save people we still have to relate to them we still have to be human we right. can't just be like no you, you don't tuck your shirt in you don't wear a right. tie you don't do this you just you can't associate with those people no we're here to help those people you, and and, and, right. the, and the fact that you're you're you're, you're gonna uh, like demand people to wear skirts or like the women to wear skirt no makeup but what happens when you go to the mall mm -hmm. yeah it's like what happens when you go to the mall that, that's cool that's one of the things that i uh that i question now in the teen years i, I question that like why why is it bad for me like for me as a guy why is it bad for me to wear shorts and one time the pastora told me she was she literally said this she's like hermano kevin los muscles los muscles <laughs> and i was like what are you talking about <laughs> what muscles de los, de los pies se los van a ver. i was like but so like yeah so <laughs> I mean, if you don't speak spanish he's the, the 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 pastor's wife said that he can't wear shorts because the, the muscles. leg muscles were gonna yeah, cap some lady exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's. I remember that's the only explanation I got. Of that's that. insane. That's it. So so basically, uh, you you better you better cover <laughs> yourself so that I'm I don't I don't fall into oh, sin. Right. So that that's where my issue is with with this type of churches and this type of mentalities because you rather adjust people to your condition than adjust your heart to the mm -hmm. to the condition that God wants you to be in. Right. You know what I mean? Like you are gonna see wild things in the mall right or when you go to walmart so what do you do then you're, you're sinning yeah so what makes a difference between a sunday and a, a, a i don't know a saturday afternoon that you go to the store it shouldn't be a difference church is not a one-day thing church mm -hmm. is yeah. it, you know it's every day it, it, it's, it's a every life. day like yep. and I, I shouldn't even say church being a christian yeah, following a christian. christ it's a lifestyle it's a lifestyle it's, mm -hmm. it's a it's a thing that you have to apply it every single day yeah. and then you can't accustom people because of your sins or because of your weaknesses mm -hmm. yeah it was and, and the thing is one of the, one of the things that i saw repetitively of the teachings of the pastor was he would prohibit things specifically because another pastor told him a story of what happened in a church and as a result he's like we're not letting that happen here for example he would say uh if you see uh if you see two holiness go to the go to the restroom let the female go in first and hold the hoeing and wait. And then until she comes back, then you can let him go. And they, they said specifically just for that meeting of hominess, it needs to be like that. Right. And they're like, because there was this one girl of this other church that she would go downstairs and she would let the boy touch her. And okay. they were doing stuff. And we're not letting that happen in this church. So they implemented that for the for the, the fastings they would do with the youth or the small services they did with the youth. That, that was an implementation uh -huh. that if a female was going to the bathroom and there was another a guy going they would let the female go first just for that and, yeah. and that was for like everything for a lot of for a lot of the teachings was like that like you should see that rule book i don't know if my dad still has it <laughs> my guy that rule book was like this 
it was like the the Federal Motor Vehicle Association rule book. It was like it was really thick <laughs> nice. out of all the the rules and all the yeah. teachings, everything. Uh-huh. And they would tell you this is wrong and why. This is wrong and why. And yeah. then but it was all based on because someone came up to the pastor and said, We need to do this because this is bad. Okay, let's implement it. To to a certain degree too, there's still people. I mean, I've seen some posts in, in Facebook and, and uh social media. Um People saying, if you have a beer, you better shave it. Mm-hmm. If you have long hair, you better shave it. If you don't uh, read the King James Bible that, version, yeah, that yeah. that is that is sinful. Yeah. But I'm like, it, is it really worth your time posting something like that? Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, who calls like, monkeys? God, God forbid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But God forbid something happens to us, right? Mm-hmm. And we get called to the presence of God. You really think God is gonna say, yeah. "Oh, you're not coming in because your hair was too long." Or because you had too much facial hair. Uh-huh. No. That, that's baloney. I'm sorry. That, yeah. that, 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 that is... That's it, baloney. In a, in a yes. nice way, that is dumb. Yeah. That's the nicest way I can put it because there, yeah. there's, there's biblical backups. There's, there's Bible verses as well that, 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 that when you realize what you're reading, all of that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Of course, we shouldn't take it to the other side and not take care of ourselves. We should have hygiene. We should try to look decent. We should try to, you know, keep ourselves clean. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you justifying or you shaming somebody just because they want to have a beer. Right. Yeah. Or have long hair. Crazy. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, I have, before we move forward to your uh, middle and teenage, I, w- I have two quick questions. One, so you said... Uh, balls and sports was a sin. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you make a quick list of anything else that was like sinful. considered sinful, but that was pretty pretty dumb? Uh, yeah, yeah, I can. Um, if you had any type of social media, you were sinning. <laughs> like just just having the account. Yeah, was it High Five having, back yeah. then? MySpace, MySpace, Facebook. You know, <laughs> MySpace. He's sinful. Yeah, it was sinful. Um, most of the times, uh these these things would have surged out of nowhere like for example there was this preacher one time that would come to the church very oftenly very famous preacher in central america and he would come to the church very oftenly and he would talk about family family that's a lot, a lot that's what he really would talk about family but he would bring things out that were absurd he'd be like he'd be like you let you let you let you let your kids stay home from church yeah that's why he's the way he is and what he stay home watching spongebob <laughs> he's like you know you know what spongebob what? is he's like yeah spongebob has this one episode he's t- he says that he there's this episode where spongebob has a little ball and you know what that ball represents pokemon and you know the deal with pokemon oh my god <laughs> and people what? would people would applaud people would applaud SpongeBob and pokemon i don't yeah, know it about was that. it was just so weird so like like that's when things started getting eliminated so now nah, i can't watch spongebob so cartoons yep. are sent yeah too. yeah there was there were certain so veggie tales all day yeah, there was a there was a lot of cartoons i could not watch I, like disney channel pass it real quick because it was a sin. none of disney disney that was a sin what about nickelodeon nick it was it was certain shows that i could watch very mm-hmm. certain shows like most of the things were in the morning nick jr oh okay what about cartoon it, network yeah and, and i mean back in the day cartoon network had a lot of the things that are now on adult swim uh-huh. I remember they like, had a uh, Billy and Mandy too. Yeah, yep, with, with yeah, automatically yeah, was, if, if they saw the school, no. Yeah, no. That's, that's yeah. From the devil. That's it. <laughs> what about Boomerang? Boomerang, the classics. Oh, uh, Boomerang was pretty yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, the Smurfs, yeah, yeah. the Smurfs, yeah, that, no, yeah. Smurfs, Smurfs. What? Sin. Oh my because god. Of, because there was a because there was a warlock. So you so you didn't have a childhood. Yeah, so it was like so, so it was no like sports, no so cartoons. a lot of a lot of things that make up a kid were gone. Bad. 
Gone. Mm-hmm. It was just off the window. And then uh, what about video games? Sin. That was that was that was the worst <laughs> what, thing. What you, did you do? That was the worst thing you can get your kid. He said video games. Yep. They said what? that, that they, addiction. One of, one of the teachings that, that they told yeah. us was they were like, "You guys know the chip that's inside the Nintendo system? Yeah, the serial number is six six six. Oh, <laughs> and every parent yeah, would I, believe I that, and, and they yeah. wouldn't, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't buy the kids that. But yeah. the, but look, there was that is, there was, there was know, one time. But, but don't you think that's that's okay? Number one, you know, all of those people, they're they're gonna be held accountable for all of that, mm-hmm. um, and hopefully they, you know, they come to a realization that that's all baloney. Um, but at the same time, this is the church's fault too because people don't read their Bible. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Like, how did they just eat this up? Yeah, like they yeah. don't read. Because I remember, I remember this one time on that church that I used to go to. The guy literally was preaching, and he said that if you're fat, if you're over obese, if you are obese, that you are in deep sin, that you're l- living in, in gluttony, mm-hmm. and that and that you will have no part. You will have no part in heaven yeah like it's like you need to repent and you that's need to start a, a diet that's such a mistake and i was man. like bro like half of those people were fat in there there's so many central americans and, and then he was preaching and he had a belly too so i'm like yo what uh so like it, it's a little bit like Dang, that's uh that's matthew bro that's the sermon on the mount yeah i was just reading that with with my team the other day he was oh, yeah? like before you call out your brother's check the log check the log in your yeah. own eye <laughs> check the big log that you have in your eye so that's what I was gonna say like like uh, a lot of these uh, uh, preachers I, I feel like they don't they don't they don't live what they preach and part of it uh, people people end up leaving the church people end up hurt people end up abandoning God's uh, calling they end up being hurt by the church not by God yeah I mean like, yeah that is true because uh, one time I remember I was scrolling through the pictures on the church's computer and then I saw a picture of the pastor's son on a motorcycle wearing shorts. <laughs> and I told my dad, and my dad's like, take a picture. Take a picture of it. But I, to put him on black. And I, used, <laughs> and I used his phone, and I took a picture. He's like, that, that way that way they can't go on you later on. But Dang. I still was not allowed to wear shorts. I still, that, yeah, nothing changed. Was, but see, that's the thing. That that type of culture, I'm like, yo, I wouldn't want to go to a church like that. Like, no. when you're constantly trying to, like, look to what the other person is doing wrong mm-hmm. and i feel like christianity being in, watched yeah but i feel like to this day we have that bad culture yeah like we're not united and we're supposed to be the most united people and on earth yeah we're so divided man. and and we're so divided because mm-hmm. of different mentality yeah. different you know beliefs of different things yeah like, we are so divided and it's sad it breaks my heart it's really sad but uh, at the same time like we see people that convert like you artists that convert and there's people commenting, "Oh, I give him six months, and he's gonna go back to the world." Yeah, like instead like, of praying for right, him, right, instead yeah, of yeah. actually like the encouraging attitude is them. so twisted. Yeah, it, it's like the opposite. It's like you're not trying to encourage people; you're actually hoping that they would they get lost, go back. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it's not God's heart. And I, and I think a big mistake, a misconception, is that, I'll, that a lot of these churches have is that a sin that you commit, like you're already Christian, and they think that some sin that you commit is gonna make you go to hell. That yeah. is such a that's that's taking away the power of the the blood of Jesus. Yeah, if you're yeah, a Christian, yeah. if you got God in your heart, you accepted him. Yeah, they'd say we're uh, always gonna sin. No they, sin you I can commit that, I heard will take that, that away. I heard condemnation so much. Yeah, like yeah. oh you did so this, much. you're going to hell now. Like, you need to like, No, like, I, like, you already accepted Jesus. Like to the people out there that be talking about, you know, oh you got you got, you know, you're in sin because you have long hair, because you have ear ear piercings, because all oh, this and that. Um uh, what what do you do at night? When you're alone, 
and nobody's watching. Mm -hmm. If we check your history, what what are we going to find? You know what I mean? Like, just because you sin in the darkness Mm -hmm. doesn't allow you to criticize people that, you know, could potentially be showing their like their sin uh in 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 public mm-hmm. because there's certain sins that are more i guess eye appealing yeah. i guess yeah. to yeah. to the eye but then at the same time you know you're criticizing people like the the bible verse that that you were reading um you're criticizing people when you should be criticizing yourself and mm-hmm. developing yourself and you're God. so worried about other people when you should be worried about your calling your yeah. ministry yeah. Right. and yourself and you sit around criticize <laughs> Yeah, yeah, this gets me heated, yeah, bro. Yeah, right. you, 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 sit, bro. You sit around, you, you you type comments on other people that are actually striving to spread the gospel, and instead of listening to the message that they have to say to the to the to to, to the world, you criticize their hair, you criticize their their you mm-hmm. know their their appearance, you criticize the fact that they have tattoos right. instead of praying for them in right. private instead of if you have an issue reach out to them ask for some sort of explanations or some sort of dialogue where you can actually get to know the background of the person right. but you jump into conclusions mm-hmm. with no explanations yet you're at home probably not going to church and believe that you're still you know, going to heaven yeah god god, <laughs> god is real and i'm a christian but i don't go to church right. I don't, i'm not serving i'm not in any ministry mm-hmm. uh you you're not doing anything productive for the kingdom of god yet you're lashing out on all these people. Right. Get him, bro. Get him, bro. Jesus called those people. He literally says hypocrite with exclamation mark. Right. Matter of fact, I would say the people who killed Jesus was not the world. Dang. No, it wasn't the world. The nope. people who killed Jesus was his own people. Mm-hmm. That's deep. The religious people. Moment of yep. silence. let people grow in christ and pray for them fast that's the way you fight not by speaking out the voice or your mentality right 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 but going back to your subject because i'm getting heated i'm not gonna lie it's just fine though yeah yeah, but not going back going Going back. back so you come to the teenage years and all of this has affected you clearly so how is your teenage year years now that you didn't have a childhood because you didn't have a childhood so so there was a there was a before going to middle school there was a drastic change uh like you said in your testimony there was a portion where you went from one school and you went to another school and the atmosphere was different wow the way of living there was different and that happened to me when i when i went to uh, fourth grade i used to go to a really good school from from first grade up until third grade it was a really good school like everybody was okay uh no one no one picked me no one uh no one said bad words you know every kid was a good kid that's all i remember from that school everybody was a good kid good teachers good like real good teachers then fourth grade comes and i literally got on the bus and the first thing that they told me was whoa dude you're short (laughs) (laughs) wait why did you go to the new school because we moved Uh, we moved we moved from from your uncle's basement yep and then but that's the thing he bought another house and we moved into that basement too. Did he sell that house? Yep. Uh, uh-huh. Okay. So, so the church moved. Yeah, yeah, they, oh. yeah. They, their idea was they were gonna move from that church, and then and then he was gonna get a big house, and he was gonna turn the basement into the church. Okay. Because okay, there was but... there was more space. The problem was, and I mean, he made a big parking lot right in front of his church so that everybody could park there, but the neighbors didn't That's like right. that. Uh, the neighbor literally came and was taking pictures of the, all the cars. Wow. Uh, 
they were said that it was loud, so the the county actually shut it down. Oh, wow. What? So he had to take everything down, Dang, and, and then he turned the basement into a home, and that's where we moved in. Okay. And um, and so the, you got called short on the bus. I got called short on the bus, <laughs> and then they would uh, in oh, that, and like, I'm telling you, that first day, it was my literally first day of school. I got bullied. A kid literally came over the seat and he was calling me names, saying stuff, and he was beating me up. Literally, what the hell? Literally, oh, wow. I had a hat on. He was taking my hat off. He was he was smacking me in the head, grabbing my head. He's like, "Here, put your put your helmet back on." You take off the hat, keep beating me up. Like I don't know why. And uh, my dad heck? told me he said if somebody mistreats you in school, he's like, "Go to a, go go to an adult and let him know." Damn, so my, my dad so, told me the opposite. So I, said. so I did that. <laughs> he <laughs> said if, if it hit you. And you know you can beat him up, hit, hit him, him back. back. <laughs> <laughs> and I did, and I got suspended. Yeah. yeah. No, no. My, my dad told me to, to tell, Dang. so I went and I told somebody, Ooh. and they called him up, and they were like, "Why are you hitting him?" He was like, "Yeah, he hit me." And I was like, "Me? I'm like, you're twice my size. I'm not gonna hit you. I didn't do nothing to you." And and then eventually, for for telling an adult, now they're going on me for Snooch. snitching. And they called me a snitch. Snitches get stitches. So that's just so that that's this how in fourth grade. Yeah, that was in fourth grade. Oh my gosh! And then nine and then year olds trying to act tough. I got to my homeroom. Yeah. In my homeroom, now they're uh, they're I, I hear the kids talking. I hear bad words. They're talking about explicit stuff. I understand now that it's explicit stuff. And that time I don't know what it was. They're 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 saying bad words. They're talking about a bunch of stuff. And I go to recess. Someone calls me the b word. It's like it's, I'm so confused on what's going on. That 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 atmosphere was a real quick change. This was the first day. That was the first day. Everything. The, wow. Yes. Jeez, man. First day. <laughs> you were like, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I was, didn't even react. You felt the poisoning. <laughs> I was I was I was literally I was literally going to the park to you know to play. So was, you said fourth grade. Fourth grade. So then fifth grade is the last year of elementary school. Right. Isn't it? Right. All right. So but then, now at fifth grade, it's like everything got to me. Everything. At that point, yo, you call me to be where I'm gonna call you back. The same thing. And, and if you do something <laughs> to me, tired, bro. yeah. If you do something like, to me, man. if you do something to me, I now have friends. Like, what's good? We'll see yourself at recess. <laughs> like, Bunch of like, ten year old gangs. Yeah, so, it was like, <laughs> like yeah. We, like at that point, like my whole my whole demeanor of changed. of school so now changed. I didn't let I didn't let nobody go on me. But yet again, I was still going to church. Uh-huh. I still believed in God. I was still preaching. It's just that I had built that that wall now like you're not gonna mess with me that's it so you're living a double life yeah yeah and that's that was just the beginning now middle school comes and middle school is just a whole new environment too most of the friends that i had in elementary gone a lot of them took different paths but middle school is uh, is when all the curiosity begins that's when kids beginning begin to want to know what love is Mm. what a girl is well they start talking about marijuana they start talking about alcohol and they're just they're just they just make jokes about it like oh you know such and such he smokes oh for real yeah he smokes look at him he's high it's like it's like stuff like that but all that curiosity got to me every type of curiosity got to me i got curious about knowing what, it, what having a girlfriend is i wanted to have a girlfriend curious yeah. about what, it, what what marijuana is it sadly in that time no one was able to give me any marijuana so i was just like whatever <laughs> but uh that's good it's just all that all that curiosity began i began to you know get more comfortable talking to people talking to girls i was like i was like just trying to converse trying to see what what can happen and nothing happened i never skipped i never skipped in, in middle school i never did anything wild in middle school i remember the only thing that i did that i still regret till today was there was this thing where kids were going around touching rear ends 
and one what? some one of them one of them told me, "Look, I dare you to do it, and I'm gonna give you five bucks." And I went and I did it, and he gave me five dollars. And then she told her mom, oh, and her mom came to school, and they called me up and they suspended me for three days just for that. <laughs> And that was that was the only thing I ever did in middle school. After How did your dad react to that? Yeah, my dad, my dad was my dad was pretty upset at me. Damn. My dad was pretty upset at me, but yeah. but he told me he's like, but you're not gonna learn until you start making mistakes. So that's a mistake. You don't follow the flow of the people. And again, they bring they bring the stuff about church. Right. You're different. You're you're a child of God. You're supposed to be different. You carry the presence of God. Like what are you doing? Stuff like that. Right. And. Um, Middle school wasn't wasn't something so notorious to me. It was just that build of curiosity, right. that real build of curiosity. Um, I just I just wanted to experience. Mm-hmm. Moving on to high school, high school was when it all it all really came through. Because now in the freshman year, now they're talking about uh, oh, you know, some freshmen are going out with seniors, some freshmen are doing this, some freshmen are doing this, some juniors are doing this, and I I, I began to get really curious, but. This is a note to keep in mind. Although my dad very much provided for the house, very much, he very much provided for the house. He very much made sure that I was, health-wise, I was okay, that I had food, that I had education, everything. What my house lacked of was a relationship. Very mm. much lacked of a relationship. I never had a relationship with nobody in my family mm. where I could walk up to them and tell them, like, I don't feel good, or I don't, I'm not feeling all right, I'm feeling sad, nothing. None of that existed because everything was everything was an attribute to the dark side. So if you're depressed, you got a demon. If you're sad, you got to stop being sad wow. because Christ died for you. Stop being sad. If you're what? sad, it's a demon. Hey, yo, everything what? was being attributed to the supernatural. Nothing was personal. No, like you couldn't be a human. You couldn't feel right. because uh-huh. if you didn't feel other than happy and in love for Christ, it was not from God. It was not it from was God. A demon. <laughs> So That's everything crazy. is demons. So there was a. I know that in the church there was a lot of people, a lot of young people dealing with depression. My sister was one of them. She was very much dealing with depression, and my sister did some stuff that I, I can't say on camera in the church. But as a result of all the things that she was feeling, all everything was building up, and she was beginning to explode. Like she was beginning to like let go. Man. And um, uh, it was it, it was just it was just crazy, and not uh-huh. just her. A lot of people in the church that I knew, the people that I grew up with, a lot of them began to explode. A lot of people began to do things that you're like, whoa, like, like what like, happened? Like, like what? he 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 used to be the singer. Like, yeah. Now he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like yeah. such and you know such and such got an affair with such and such, and you're like, yeah. what? Yeah, yeah, and they left church. You know, such and such hit his dad. Yeah, and now he left church. And even the pastor's son, he had an altercation with his own dad because his home was broken too. He 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 had the church so like strict, but not his home. Would you mm-hmm. say his dad was one of those dads that never knew how to stop being a pastor? Yep, his dad was yeah. a pastor. Mom. He was never a dad. No, it was a pastor all the time. Mom, and yeah. uh, that caused that caused his his older kids to you know one day just explode, and then they began to leave. It's, it's like his home began to fall apart. Only his two youngest sons stayed in the church, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was crazy. it was it was because of that that lack of relationship. They would right. talk about the family, but not about relationship. The, what they would talk about family was, watch out what your kids watch on TV. Right. It was Just not be watching that, them like a actually, hawk. Actually, yeah. uh, now that I think about it, the most dry and most uh, sad uh, marriages that I have seen sometimes are Christian marriages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. That's, because, That's true. Because they don't... They don't. They don't feed uh-huh. themselves uh-huh. because of the same reason. They have all of these standards. Yep. 
I, I wouldn't say it's the most sad that I've seen, but yeah, they they, they get pretty close out yeah. there, like like compared to like the 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 stuff that I've seen, you know, right outside of the church. But I'm like, there's some people that I'm like, you can clearly tell there's no there's nothing in their marriage, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, they're the only standard. there like because they said yes, which is it's honorable, but at the same time they don't put in the effort to fix. Yeah, the issue mm-hmm. to fix right. the you know the yeah, and they, they don't got nobody there to show them how. And yeah, there was those like standards, man. They, I've heard some crazy things, yeah. bro. Like people trying to say what a husband and wife can do, you know, in their alone time. I'm like, yo, you guys need to stop, yeah. bro. I, like, I never, yeah. <laughs> like, bro. Yeah, I, ne- I never heard just, that. I never heard it to that extreme, but I never heard somebody dare to tell the church, look, if you're married. It's okay to show passion to your wife. Right, exactly. Like, it's okay and to show exactly. passion yeah, to your wife. Because you were in a church where they separated. Yeah, they separated the men and the, yeah. the women. But so. to them, it was awful. Like, if you walked into the church holding your your wife's hand, it was disrespectful. Oh, my gosh. So instead of instead of teaching the church that, you know, really love your wife and, over you know, love your wife and show affection, who cares? That's your wife. Uh-huh. On the other hand, they, they showed you to live this life not of respect but of fear. Like, no matter what you do, even in your marriage, you need to fear, fear the Lord. But as we were taught, fear is not about being scared. Fear fear of the Lord is not that. Yeah. And uh, and a lot of people lived in that fear. And the sad part is they lived in the fear, not of God. Because I can tell you now, a lot of the people in that church, they had no idea who God was. And that's the sad part. Most of these Central American churches have no idea who Jesus is because they go to church and that's it. But when they go home, they have no relationship with Jesus at all. And not just Central America, but here in the U.S., a lot of people don't know Jesus. They don't know yeah, God. It's sad. Do, do you think, well, I got a few things, but real quick. Do you think that might be because maybe they're pressured to not actually read and get to know God, but they're pressured to know God through the pastor? Like well, the pastor's the some, ultimate? Some churches, yes. They see the pastor as the guide, uh-huh. the angel of the church. But that church specifically... <laughs> They brought out the Bible so much. I mean, like everything. Everything was had to be biblical. They had to show biblical. That's good. The though. problem is that they lack context. Uh-huh, yeah. They lack theology. Yeah. So they didn't. They didn't read the verse right, before. Right. Right. Yeah. The verse after. They, didn't, or they don't. <laughs> they didn't understand yeah. background. It was very few people in the church that actually read the Bible and understood. Very few. Mm-hmm. And those were the ones. And that wasn't encouraged. Those to are actually the, understand. yeah. Those that really understood the Bible. I don't recall them ever going on the church. It was always those that thought they knew Bible, thought they knew God. But they really didn't. And they really didn't. <laughs> they really didn't. True. And it was, uh, to me, that was just like, it was just, to me, it was annoying. Like, yeah, yeah know, no, it has to be. Because then, then that, I, I began to see how much that affected me in my years that I couldn't do stuff because a man is telling the church they couldn't do it and my parents were listening to them. Mm-hmm. Thank God now that my dad understood that he was wrong. He, he understood now that he That's was good. wrong, that it wasn't right, and that he let a man show him how to how to keep his kids in line in Dang. church, and it shouldn't have been that way. Yeah. Right. And um, came from the holy book, right? Yeah. Right. And uh, <laughs> a lot of the young people, I know some young people that remained in the path. You know, some young people that are still Christian, and you know, I give God glory for that. But I know many of them that don't want to know nothing about church as a result because yeah, they, they have that trauma. Yeah. And and, and, and pastors, let me just say, because you were talking about the pastor and his son. I'm a pastor's kid. I'm going to just say this right now. Pastors, if there's any listening, know how to be a dad. Stop. Yeah. You can't, you can't, especially if you're in a, like a legalistic church or you're one of those legalistic <laughs> pastors, 
stop reading Leviticus to your kids and trying right. to force them to do anything. That like let them be kids and be a dad. Let them live a normal life as a Christian. You know, live a Christian life, but don't live a. We're not monks, you know. You, you don't pressure your kid to be some right. some preacher pastor at the age of five, you know. Uh, just and, it's important because I feel like out of the three of us, I didn't go through as much as you two. Yeah. But my dad was, he was a dad to me, and I loved my yeah. father, and I always did, and he always loved me like his son. He didn't treat me like some like the church member goer. of a church. Yeah. yeah. So it's super duper important. And I think that also affects other people's kids because you're telling people, like like Kevin was saying, you're showing other people how to parent their kids too right. to some extent. So like be careful with this. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, biblically speaking, uh, we, we're called to uh, first guide our family and have our family in line before we even touch the church, mm-hmm. before we even have the privilege to, to, you know, to run a church. Yeah, uh, we should we should be looking into our families. We should have you know the foundations there. We should have balance there. Yep. Um, we we shouldn't compromise that because those should be the number one disciples: your wife, your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and 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 you need to have balance in terms of like, you know, like you were saying, how you function. You know, you need to function as a dad at one point. You know, you need to have yeah. fun with right. your kids. Right. Yeah, love them. But um, going back to your story, so you're going from middle school to high school. What what uh, what kind of feelings were you like? Was there anything you were exposed to in middle school, carrying on into high school? What kind of emotions were you feeling so, going into high school? So definitely a lot of curiosity, uh-huh. a lot of curiosity. Um, I'm, I I know that high school is going to be different because my sister did tell me it's going to change. You're 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 going to change. Your body's going to change. Were you close to your and, sister? Uh, um, I'm gonna say yeah, uh, because you know. We uh we we kind of shared a room almost okay. almost all our lives. Um, we uh we always slept in the bunk bed. So okay. there was times that at night we we, we didn't want to go to sleep. So we talked. Nice. We just talked. I think I had a lot of meaningful conversations with my sister. Um, so she would tell me like things are gonna change. Uh, never, never did I ever go to anybody in my family and tell them like, yo, I'm feeling like this. Look, what is this? Look, I'm I'm, I'm confused about this. Never because. Like, we never created that relationship. Never. So, although uh, in middle school, there was a lot of curiosity, but at the same time, I still looked different. I still acted different. I still spoke different. So, I felt out of place. Mm -hmm. That was one of the main feelings. Out of place, alone. Okay, alone. Really, really, like, so confused. Why why am I like this? Why do I got to be like this? It wasn't until high school that I began to say, you know what? I'm tired of not not dressing the way I want to dress. I'm going to dress the way I want to dress, and I don't care. So I began to dress the way I want to dress, and, and although my parents kept telling me like, "No, like, like this is the Christian way," I, I, I was like, "No, like <laughs> you were no. done." I was like, "I'm done. I'm not with it no more." You get so, spanked for that? No. Oh, nice. No. Um, my dad wasn't the type of dad to beat me. Okay. If my dad would beat me, it was because I actually did something wrong. And okay. it, and true, one of the things true. and one of the things that I could say about my dad was when he would beat me, it was never angry, never. Like he would tell me, like I'm a, I, like the reason I'm gonna hit you is just so is to discipline you for you to understand that was wrong, and he would hit me and he'd be like, okay, go, nothing else. So you can remember. Yeah. <laughs> so so and I do remember. I just remember that he never beat me angry, never. Right. Uh, and uh, in and in high school, in high school, uh, we're gonna talk about. It. I did I did so much stuff that probably my dad till today still doesn't know. Dang. He doesn't know that I did that stuff. And even if he were to find out. He wouldn't be bothered about it because he he always says, 
I let you experience because one day I'm not going to be here no more. Right. And you need to experience what this world is so that when I'm not here, you're not afraid of what's to come. You kind of understand what this world is. So he kind of let me go and do your thing. But um, going into high school, I still had the same feelings. Really, really lonely. Really, I felt meaningless, like so confused, mm-hmm. curious. Um, Did that curiosity lead you to like uh, find anything that like da- damaged you? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Since being at home, although my parents were there and my sister was there, I felt alone. I didn't feel like I had a family. I kind of I so feel like how did I, you cope? I, 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 in high school, I met people. Mm-hmm. I met other people. Uh, they were telling me like, if you don't have nobody, they would literally invite me. You don't have nobody to hang out with. You can hang out with us. And I would just I was I would stand there. I wouldn't say nothing, but they would come and talk to me, and they would try to get to know me. Uh, they would tell me like, hey, you know, we leave. There was this place. I think everybody knows the cut in their high school. We go, we're gonna go to the cut. Or it's like a it's like a path where you can go and then it leads you way out of school. Every high school has a cut, um, and they would be like, "We're gonna go to the cut." It was a river. We're gonna go to the cut. We're gonna chill. We we smoke some bit. You know, we go to the convenience store. We hang out. Like if you want to come with us, you can. Um, and most of the time, I denied just because I wasn't the skip type. Right. It's just at first I was not the skip type. I just mm-hmm. I just I didn't, I didn't, that didn't interest me. I kind of just wanted to go to school and do my thing. Yeah, that was my thing either in high school. But I skipped though. Slowly, the influence started coming in. Uh-huh. Uh, I started meeting other people, other folks that they would they would they would sell, they would sell weed, they would sell drugs, other stuff. And uh, one time uh, I had a I had a free period because we called it a free period because that was kind of a period where I can go into the class and I can do homework. That's all mm-hmm. it was for. So it was a free period. They didn't really take attendance. So he was like, during free period, he was like, let's, let's go to the back of the fields. He's like, I got something. And for the first time, uh, he showed me how to roll up. He showed me how to smoke. Showed, he showed me how to spark it. He showed me how to inhale, how to let go, how to increase the feeling, all that. Dang. He's the one that taught me. <laughs> and uh, the first experience, I'm going to tell you now, I don't think I got high because it was so small. And I, I was just like, I don't, I don't feel anything. I just smelled a lot. Like herb, I smelled a lot like <laughs> yeah. that, and that gave me that paranoia. It uh-huh. gave me that paranoia uh, that you know my parents are gonna smell it, my parents are gonna this, but surprisingly, they never knew what it was either. They didn't know what it what it smelled like. They didn't know oh, what wow. even it was. Uh, so I could walk in and they never knew. Hey, nah, my dad. But <laughs> oh, yeah. I could tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I, it was. Uh, but look, that's what that's where that lack of relationship came from because everything started to increase they started showing me how to smoke more they started showing me how to smoke how to feel really high they started showing me edibles i began to smoke a lot like a lot in school before school after school during lunch like i would smoke and then, a pothead. yeah yeah i was, oh, I, was I was in there oh, i was in there yo and then they would give me they would give me edibles they would give me edibles and i would be in class i'd eat the edible and then i'd be high i'd be really high <laughs> and i would go home i would go home they never Nothing. knew. Wow. They never knew. That's they, crazy. I would talk to them. I was literally, I would literally have conversations with them in the kitchen and whatnot. They would not know that I was high. And I would walk into my room, and you know, it was to me, it was like the best feeling ever. At, fi- at last, I felt like there was something that could make me feel something. It made me feel really relaxed. But keep in mind, although doing this, I was still going to church. Mm-hmm. Wow. I was still playing music. Were you? Were you still preaching? I was still preaching. Wow. I was doing all of this. I wasn't you were, going. Were, were, were you were preaching? I was preaching. <laughs> I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't. I was no longer going Yo. to my childhood church. We had moved to a church. It was my uncle's church, uh, the one that you know he had. He had a church up in his in his house, 
unfortunately his his church like years ago his church got divided mm-hmm. and they let, they took the majority of the members so his church stayed small for many 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 years somebody they, took his members from him yep mm-hmm. that that's common and uh, so. uh yeah actually it happened um there's somebody my parents so that happened to them too it's, it's kind of sad it's yeah it's sad. common it's common where like a group of people are not aligned with the pastor yeah. or, like they're like yeah. oh i don't agree with this or right, he right. said that or he did the sermon so hey here's the leader and the leader actually thinks he's doing the good deed uh-huh and uh yeah they separate but you know how it starts it's, it starts with gossip it starts with gossip it's yeah, a lot, a big of, sin. A lot of slander and a lot of gossip. It's a that, big old fat story. sin. Yep. That's why. That's why God says He hates it, because yes. it div- it brings it division. Yeah. So Dang. even 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 like in a it's small wisdom. scale of that, like you know, with people that are like criticizing out there. I mean, some, sometimes, not sometimes, all the time, you're gonna find a lot of gossip in these churches. Mm-hmm. In these churches. Yep. I'm not gonna. Yep. Yeah, it's. I. I think that that's promoted by the that legalistic culture, though. It is. Yep. I'm always watching people like. Hmm, did you wear shorts? Yeah. Or I caught you wearing shorts. Did you see the way she was? Or did you see the way she talked to me? Yeah. Or did you see the way she approached especially, me? Or, yeah. Especially, especially, and and I'm not saying this against women. I'm just saying it because I saw it so much in the church. The women love to gossip. Yo, a lot, yo. a lot of women in the church. You're getting they, mad, bro. They love, they love to gossip. Oh like God. I remember there was one time that my sister went, uh, well, well, they were cutting my hair. She asked the barber if he can cut her ends. Cutting your hair in one of those churches oh, is yeah, it was yeah. a sin. It was. Who cares, man? And uh, so her dumb. hair was nicely cut from the bottom. Like, it was nice and straight. My dad told my stepmom, you don't think that pastor's going to see that hair nice and straight? So he told my sister, you got to fix your hair in a way that it doesn't show that you cut it. Or like tie it up yeah, or something? Yeah, but no matter what, when she got to the church, somebody found out. Somebody saw it. And then the Six. words started going like, you got to check that singer because she cut her hair. That's the, that's, that, that is the most pathetic gossip. Oh, my gosh. She cut her hair. Yeah. What? what? That's nah, so pathetic, it, it, bro. It, it, sometimes it does escalate, though. Like, no, no, I can't. They start I can't. talking. Like, yeah. people, what people don't understand is that if you talk to somebody that gossip, guess what they're doing when you're not there? Gossiping about you? Gossip. Yeah, yeah exactly. Talking. Putting you on gas. <laughs> yep. like, yeah. and, and That's then, two-faced. But, yeah, but then they end up leaking personal, really personal stuff. Mm-hmm. And this is where the division comes because... Mm-hmm stuff starts leaking here yeah. and leaking there and leaking there right a church they were not telling you that don't talk about like you know your struggles and and you know your your personal thing you can but you have to talk to about it with the right people you right. can't talk about it yeah. with a member you need a, that yeah. that you know is unstable <laughs> and yeah. cannot even hold a relationship and mm-hmm. cannot even uh uh you know yeah hold a a stable life yeah you need to have an inner circle of people like you can call family it, it, yeah. it's like going you know? for marriage counseling for uh, f- getting marriage counseling from a, 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 a couple that just got married. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no experience. <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> or, like, that, that's just to give you an example. Then things leak because those people are immature uh-huh. and, and, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, things start and things happen in the church. We're, like, not in our church, thank God, but um, in, in the other churches yeah. that I've seen yeah. that, uh, that, you know, unfortunately brings divisions. Right. And um, I don't know. I don't know the whole backstory of what happened. I never knew. I just know what happened. Uh, they waited for the pastor to get there, and when they got there, they said, "You know, we don't want to be with you no more. We don't want to." Wow. And, and with, uh, with your sister? No, with no, no, uh, the, with the, 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 the guy who divided. Oh, the, the and, church. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. And uh, they took 
they took the majority of the members and man, only so dirty, only man. like only like two or three people stayed. Why don't they approach him and be like, hey, we have we 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 feel like these there are some problems. Let's fix right. this right. instead of saying mm, I'm gonna yeah. take it for myself. That's greed. Right. That has to be greed, man. And then they yeah. uh and they left. Uh, so it came a time where my dad said, we're gonna go, we're gonna go, we're gonna go to his church. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, number one, he said, let's let's go support him. That was the first one. But also number two, my dad got tired. He got tired of that church. He got tired of where we grew up, specifically because your uncle's church. No, the church I grew up in, the Apostles and Prophets. Okay. Uh-huh. He got tired of that church because it came to a point where now I I think my dad began to feel the stress. He began to feel the real mm. pressure. He did. He, I was feeling the pressure since I was a kid, but I couldn't do nothing about it. Right. But now he's feeling the pressure as an adult. Because now you got five services on a Sunday, and you oh. got a service on Tuesday, and on oh Wednesday, gosh. and on Friday, so you have and no on Saturday. Life. And you know what's crazy? Yeah. They will never, ever dare even think about like supporting you financially. No. They want you to be there five days a week, but you said pay yeah. you? Yeah. Sin. Yeah, that is sin. Yeah. That is so... That is true. That is true. And and that that's, I think that uh, Hispanic culture, because you don't, you, don't, you don't find that in, in American church. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, no. especially yeah. apostles and prophets. No, yo. Heck like, no. Money... They don't. They don't like talking about money. Apostle Prophets. One of one of the things. I, on the one thing that I could say about that church was, they were really transparent with finance. They would show the finance to the church. In a service. Everything. In a Sunday service. Yeah, they yeah. would list every single item that yep. they have purchased in <laughs> yep. that month. Yep. It was the most annoying thing. Yep. Uh, $10 for napkins and plates. Uh, $20. I'm literally like they, they, there was a Sunday <laughs> that a they would strange. dedicate. To just read to, you yep. the statement, yep. the whole statement. That's just so yeah. that you can know that your diasmo is being used in the church, not for the pastor. So the pastor was always like that. He's like, I need you to know it's not for me. He's like, and then, although it was not for him, the pastor got paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. but yeah, sometimes they didn't. So sometimes those pastors would also have side jobs. Yeah, he so had if, a, they're, have, if they're honest. Yeah. So then you have he had a whole library. So then you have a person yeah. that is running a full ministry in the whole church. Has a family, uh-huh. cannot provide, cannot you know, can, cannot feed his family from the church. So now he has to get a full time job, and then his marriage and his kids end up messed up due to the <laughs> the lack of you know of yeah. the church being able to support him we, because right. of the same thing. Oh, money, money is, is right. evil. Yeah, and we see that a lot in the Bible too, like David. Uh, so I don't know why there's so many bad fathers in the Bible. <laughs> there is. <laughs> yeah. Luckily, I think uh, Abraham was probably a good one with yeah. Isaac. But like David, I, a lot of his kids turned out <laughs> they got screwed, pretty man, bad. Yeah. pretty bad. Poor Absalom. He had, yeah, right, yeah, yeah his yeah, own yeah. kids tried to freaking dethrone him or whatever. Yeah. Solomon somehow, yeah. by the grace of God, turned out good. But okay. even him, man, yeah, yeah him at, and the end, <laughs> at the end, at the end, yeah, like man, fatherhood is important, bro. It but, is. But, um, but I mean, eventually, yeah, he got tired. You know, he told me he's like, I think going to your uncle's church, he only has one service on a Sunday. Huh. Now, now, understand nice. when I said five services, I mean five services. I mean it started at two five, hours. It started at five in the morning, three hours. And Ooh, then I was part of I was part of the musicians. You know, I was part of a band, but uh, they would make me play in other bands because they were lacking musicians too. Mm. So one Sunday oh, I was with man. one band, and then all of a sudden they would call me, "Oh, can you cover for the drummer?" Okay, I was there. So like Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, I was at church. And one of the rules the pastor said was, if you don't come to the service at five in the morning, you don't play. For the whole Sunday. So we'd have to be there from 5 in the morning, and then at 10 a.m., and then at 2, and then at 6. So you quit at some point. How many songs were you playing on a given Sunday? Uh, so, like, they would uh, they would, uh, they would would give you for... Um, 
offering. No, they would give you el tiempo. First, they would say la del himnario. That's what we say, la del himnario. The, the hymn. Uh-huh, the hymnal. Yeah, they would you give had, those. You had to play some so they, give, they would give us three, three songs for that. Three songs. Yeah, and then the specials, people would write their names and they would come up to the altar and they so would sing. So you had to play with them had, too? Play with them. Oh, was that like one, two songs? It would be like sometimes four, three, four Shit. people. So, okay, we'll do, we'll do seven now. And then uh, then the, the offerings. The offerings sometimes would be just like coritos. So it'd be like coritos for like, 30 minutes. Dang. 30 minutes. Nah, I'm, I'm going to do, like, yeah, do another three just for that. And 10 then, songs. And then the worship songs would be like another three. Wow. So this is one service? Yes, yeah, one service. 13 songs yep. in one service. And you're doing this five and you five do, services? You do, you 13 like five songs. Services. <laughs> this this yeah. is like... And then you have the service uh, I can't on, even do the math. You, <laughs> you have the service on Saturday. It's That's the like same 65 thing. songs. Same thing on Saturday. And then you got the service on Friday night that you yeah. also got to do. Bro. And then we did. had one day of rehearsal. We had Thursday. Thursday was one a day. day. Yeah. How long was that yeah. rehearsal? Like, like four hours? Like three hours. Dang. I went, I went to a church that had at service every single day. Uh, with the same people. That's the thing. That it, it, It's not a bad idea if you had like the staff, but then you're using yeah, the, the like, same people. I don't think it's wrong doing every single... Because mm-hmm. I think the church in Acts, they met every single day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But like... You you gotta give but, you gotta but you it can't was, abuse your it was freaking workers, yeah. man. End up and it was different, yeah. Yeah, it like, was not a it was not like a service. It was fellowship. It was a lot of fellowship. There was times where the apostles taught, but there was a lot of fellowship. And that's what caused the difference in the church. In this church though, however, it was all about giving, serving, 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 right. serving, 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 serving. serving. And if one you don't things, serve, if you say no, simple. Yeah, 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 yeah. Out. We're sending yeah. you down, mm-hmm. you're out. Bye. So you clearly you ended up quitting. I wouldn't yeah. Think I, that you would last I, in that I was environment. In there. No, no, I, I, I was just going because my dad was taking me. I didn't have a choice. I was underage, and, and there was a, there was a fear that I had as well because, if I wanted to stop, my dad would be like, okay, if you want to stop serving, that's fine, but give me your phone. What you, what kind of phone what? you had back then? It was a really old Android. It was a little sidekick. Oh, okay. hey. He would, he would be like, he's like, that's fine. He's like, but just give me your phone. He's like, because if you're not feeding on one thing, you're not gonna feed on the other. So for the love of having my phone, I kept serving. Dang. And the same thing, and the same thing happened at my uncle's church. He made me serve. He made me serve. There came to a point, uh, and I, I'm gonna jump a little bit. There came to a point where I got tired, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to keep serving in this church because I'm three years into the church, and I'm tired. Like nothing has happened. The yeah. church hasn't grown. We're not doing events. We're not doing nothing. I memorized every prayer that that church did, every song it did, every every word. Almost every sermon was the same. I was tired. Oh, man. So I told my dad, that I was sucks. like, I don't want to keep doing this. Like I don't like it. So I don't want to serve no more. Again, he was like, okay. You got to give me your phone. And one day I gave it to him, and I was like, oh, okay, I don't, I don't want it no more. I'm good. Like I don't want to serve. Yeah. And then the following day, before I went to school, I took it. Cause hey, I was, nice. He yeah, just stole it. Yeah, I just took it. And um, and then he never asked for me back because then the next Sunday, I was at church still serving. Oh, so, man. And so it was like, yeah, it, it came to a point where I didn't care about that church no more. I didn't care about what my what I viewed like. I don't care about the song. I don't care about none of that. If they put me to preach, okay, I'm going to write up a sermon and I'm going to preach it, whatever. Like, I didn't care. I was tired. Uh-huh. And um, all I cared about was going to school and hanging out with the friends okay. and getting high. And now we were skipping. They were picking us up and we were rolling out. We were uh-huh. going through Bladensburg and Hyattsville and doing whatnot. So uh, so going into high school, or sorry, going from, you're leaving church, going, focusing more on high school. Uh, I, two things I want to ask you. So you said you were, uh, you got really big into weed. Yeah. So what about one, alcohol, and two, corn did, did, did those two affect oh, you in any way oh yeah 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 i mean most of the guys talked about girls all the time 
Uh, I mean, we would stand in the hallway, and one of the things we'd look at was girls. And that's what we would talk about. You just stand in the hallway. Yeah, we would stand in the corner of the hallway. We'd look at girls. And, um, we get locked up for that today. Yeah, yeah we, we, we would. That's for that, us, it was I think I think that's common, I mean, in your high school years. Yeah. Just just wanted to look at a girl. That's it. And, uh, and definitely corn, because I got exposed to that very early. I mean, at the age of four. I think I told wow, you the story. Damn. I think I told you the story. It was... Uh, my stepdad took me to one of his friend's apartments, and they were drinking. They left me in the hallway, and I'm standing there. I'm sitting there in the hallway, and they're drinking. I could hear them drinking beer, laughing and whatnot. And then one guy comes out to use the bathroom. He leaves. He goes back into the room, and he leaves the door cracked. And I look through the door, and I see the screen, and they're watching corn. And, and I don't. Like, and I don't know what it is. I'm a just like party of. Yeah, it's, it's like it's like. Nine of them in the room. What the hell? All, all drinking. <laughs> all drinking. That's so weird, man. All drinking, so, watching corn. And I don't know what it was. I'm just like, yeah, he says that age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, I don't know what. This so is. your biological mother's uh... at the time, his her partner. Okay. Yeah, because okay. they never got married. Okay. So um, that was the first time I ever saw it. Four like, years old. Wow. No, I no idea what it was. It wasn't until years later when the curiosity began back in middle school. Where they were talking about it, they were talking about explicit stuff. You go online, you view it, and, it, and that's where it all started. So, it's, so it's at four, crazy. when you got exposed, it didn't really pass yeah, that. You didn't yeah. do that. No, okay. I was just like, yeah, for me, whatever. it was like, well, I got exposed at like ten, so a little later, but yeah, for me, it was like, psh, yeah, you know, just like, yeah, for me too. And and back then, so the way I grew up was a little different. So we didn't have computers when I grew up. Like in the house, we actually had stations where you could rent a computer. So they were called like yeah they were called cyber yeah they were really popular Uh it was like a huge thing like it was a business (laughs) Uh, so I would go I did was that a thing here no no not not here so it's mainly in in El Salvador and Central America so we would go here and I would literally pay twenty five cents to go on a computer and just put X X with another X and I would uh, I would look at explicit stuff the movie and the thing is that they knew they knew the grown-ups knew they they could because we were openly doing this like Mm -hmm. it was not like all in a dark room these are the library (laughs) it's like a light you know the library where it has like a station of of computer it's like that yeah you gotta be crazy it's in public (laughs) and you have people next to you and they're watching us do that and none none of them said anything because we're giving them money but at the same time it's like a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of the things that your kids fall into it's you know it has a lot to do with with the the fact that you as a parent probably struggle with it and didn't overcome it right right yeah cuz uh, oh. at home there was a there was a lot of like infidelity going on yeah. I, I recall I, I recall a lot of infidelity of my mother and her partner and so many arguments as oh, a result. Wow. Like it was, it was so common. Uh, it was so common for us to get kicked out of the room because there, there was a couple going into our room to do whatever. Wow. So there was, there was in your was, room. Mm-hmm. What, what? There was, uh, there was a lot of that going yeah. on, and um, it all stopped until I went to my dad's house. But at that point, those memories are engraved. Right? Yeah, no, nah, like uh, there's, yeah. And then, nah, at, and then once you reach those years where to other people it's just a joke to talk about explicit stuff, you become curious and you want to know. And that's when you begin to see others begin to show you. In middle school, I didn't have a phone, but other people had a phone, uh-huh. and uh, they would show me. And, and yep. to me, it was like whatever. But it, as it all started progressing, all the curiosity started going. The addiction started coming up, 
But to me, I didn't view it as an addiction. I viewed it as like whatever. All, Escape. All guys. Oh, well, at first. Yeah, all like oh, all guys do. This. All guys do this. And uh, mostly the crew that I was with, they didn't care. They were like, yeah, I mean, they were like whatever, yo. They, the they, secular. They, they, they're not really. They were like, if a girl gives you an opportunity, you go for it. It doesn't matter. But my <laughs> thing <fine>. was, <laughs> yeah. I had I had various times where I could have been with a girl in high school. Many times that they were willing to do it. Dang, bro. But I was scared. I was scared because I didn't want to catch an STD. <laughs> I didn't want to catch an STD. Health, yeah. health class you actually did the, the job. The ladies. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I was because Dang. I was hanging out with the crew. I mean, we, uh-huh. we, I'm gonna say we, we looked like gang members because we had we had gang member clothing. Like we looked like gang members. Yeah, like really long shorts. Yeah, and they and they didn't like they people didn't mess with us because it was a lot of us. It was a lot of us. Uh-huh. They didn't really mess with us. They said, we know that if you mess with Don Chapo right here, he's going <laughs> he's gonna call his brothers and then they're going to do something. So they never they never messed with me. They never messed with nobody. I liked that feeling because it felt like a unity. Right. It actually yeah. felt like, like a, a family. family. It felt good. And uh, when I would talk to the girls, they would, they would know who I'm hanging out with by the way that I'm uh-huh. dressing. That would attract the girls. They wanted to be around us. They want. They wanted to leave with us. They wanted. They wanted to hop I in the be car. With a gang. Or yeah, maybe. it's like, and and then it came to a point where now I started associating with with uh, with black people too. I started associating with them. They started knowing the crew. There was just black folks that they didn't really, you know, they were not gang members or nothing, but they would sell. They would sell, okay. and we would buy. And so you were mainly with what, like Hispanics. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then I associate with black people. And there was a there was a situation going on where there was this gang that no one liked in the school. No one liked them. And a bunch of black folks and Hispanic folks got together and they were trying to do an altercation against these people because they were so tired of them. And then uh, <laughs> and, uh, and I and then they used me as a translator because they didn't know what to say to him. So I I was like, Look, he says that you guys did this, so what did you do? And then they would they would tell me, me yo, whatever. And then I would translate to them, and then eventually, eventually the fight would break out, and I would step aside and yeah, let them do their out. thing. All right, and then go. and then when the counselors would talk to me, the administrators they would talk to me and be like, "What did you do?" I was like, "I just translated." And then they they swung. <laughs> that had nothing to do with me, but it started getting it started getting real bad, like. There was a, a lot of a lot of threats, a lot of shooting threats, a lot of bomb threats. Because as a result, mm. uh, then uh, uh, sophomore year, they gave me a letter of recommendation that I had to leave. They wanted me to get out. Uh, they were not forcing me to get out, but they wanted me to get out. Who's they? The school. The school. Wow, that's and, crazy. Uh, I never heard of that. And then my dad. Hey, our school is so bad. You need to leave. <laughs> no, they they told me that they they found that I I was not healthy for the school. I was not healthy for the environment in the school. So that they recommended me to go to the other schools in the consortium you weren't healthy for the school yep yep what is that supposed to mean they, they gave that letter to all the folks in my crew oh uh, okay so and y'all are in a gang we don't want gangs right, right, right. And, and that's the thing though i call it gang because we were together but there was no real gang there was uh-huh, nothing yeah yeah, yeah. This is kids. nothing we were just yes we were just we just hung out it was a yeah. squad but my dad he started finding out the, th- the stuff that i was doing my dad started finding out who i was hanging out with and one day he had a conversation with me and he told me, I found out that you're hanging out with this crew. Who, who are these people? And I told him, I'm like, those are my friends. Are they really your friends? He, my dad had the idea. There's no friends in this world. I told him, no, those are my friends. Because when I've called them, they're there. When I've needed them, they've been there. Those are my friends. And for the first time in my life, my dad told me, he's like, I'm scared. I'm scared for your life because I love you. That was the first time I heard my dad tell me that because I love you. 
And I was wondering why he told me that. And it was because I have cousins that are part of a real gang. And they got word that I was hanging out with these people. And they were they were basically saying, if you're going to hang out with them, no, nah, if you want to be in a gang, you got to be with us. Because the family is part of this gang. Right. And if you don't join us, then we're going we're gonna to take matter in our hands. And my dad was scared. And I told him, they're not going to do nothing. They're, way, they're really far away. I'm all the way over here. I, I, I could care less. Right. Um, but that stayed with me just for the simple fact that it took all of this stuff, him finding out that I'm smoking, him finding out that I'm hanging out with bad people, that I'm skipping. It took all this for him to tell me that he loves me. So I took, that, I took that and brushed it off like, you know, whatever, dude. You know, you can think whatever you want. And um, he signed a letter for me to move. So I moved to another school. And in that school, that school is a majority white school. It's so a, it's the last a, one it's was whole like, different. That one was like multicultural. Like okay. Hispanic and uh-huh. black mainly? Mm-hmm. So not really any white people? Yeah, no, not really. Okay. But then I go to this really white school. And there's a, I mean, there's barely any Hispanics. I'm the only one that has the Dickies. They got the Cortezes. I'm the only one. <laughs> I'm the only one that has my rag. I'm the only one listening. Your rag. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm the only one. No one else. I'm the only one in the school. And, um... I'm by myself. Again, I'm alone. You know, I still message my crew. I still talk to them and whatnot. And I still hang out with them sometimes after school. And I, uh, I'm i skipping sometimes with them. But in school, I'm I'm alone. I'm pretty much alone. Uh, that's when a lot of depression starts to come in. Now, I'm not smoking just to have fun. Now, I'm smoking to release the depression, that's to release good. the sadness, to release the loneliness, to feel something. Um, now I don't want a girl to just mess with. I want a girl to be in a relationship with because I'm so alone. Right. That's where I met my now fiance. That's where I met her. I met her in that stage. Um, and she was going to a school where there was real gang members. Dang. And they were finding out who I was hanging out with. And she was a target because of they found out that she was hanging out with. They called me El Guero. So they found out. Yo, that's hilarious, bro. <laughs> Yo, there, there has to be a, 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 a guero in, 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 in some in, in yeah. any school, bro. It, it's it's basically like a, a person really that looks white. white. Yeah. Yep. Even though like sometimes they don't even they might be like a tan little like tan whiter than every yeah. other Hispanic. Like oh, that's a guero. Yeah. But I was really white. Most of those guys <laughs> were Mexican. They were really dark. Yeah. So they called me a guero. So, this came out, I so I, 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 I represented my name freely on social media on whatever. I don't care, you know. I, so I, your I your care. username was El Guero. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and nice. they the people at her school knew that she was going out with me, and they would ask her, you know, what what do I rep and all that. She wouldn't answer because if she answered, they they could have done something to her. Right. Uh, but I'm doing all of this to cover a hole, cover a void, trying to trying to fulfill. Uh, Nothing really significant happened there. I just kept the same thing. I kept smoking. You know, I kept drinking. Uh, now, not, I'm not just drinking outside of school. You know, they, the crew introduced me to beer. So, you're what? You're drinking in class? Yeah, now I'm drinking in hey, class. Right. Yeah, I would, I would take... Um, I even sneak that in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. yeah you just in English. I would, yeah, I would take... <laughs> I would fill up, I would fill up the Arizona can with alcohol wow. and juice. Mm. And I would drink in class and I would walk out of school drunk. And... Um, and it was this crew. The the crew was showing me all these things that you can do. They showed they were showing me where to buy, where I can get alcohol, so, wow. being underage. All so that this stuff. this crew was very much a very bad influence. Yeah, huh? yeah, no, definitely, definitely. It was it was a very bad influence. But bad to friends. me, it was like was good. Like uh-huh. to me, like they were telling me like we're gonna go here. They had a place called La Mansion. We're gonna go to La Mansion. Say we're less. Gonna, like let's mm-hmm. go. Let's yeah. go. So we gangsters. Yeah. So it, it didn't matter to us. They're like we're gonna go here. We're gonna go tag up, and then we're gonna smoke. Okay, let's go. Whatever. Uh, 
whatever they were down to do, I was down to do. Wow. They, they introduced me to going to parties, and never in my life I went to a party. Never, never. It was a sin. They introduced me to go to parties. They introduced me to to listen to rap, listen to listen to Chicano rap, a gangster rap, all that stuff. And I was with it. I was in it just because I wanted to be like them. Mm. That's it. Um, and I was filling this void. I was filling that uh, that emptiness. Um, I recall a time now in my senior year. I recall a time there was this kid that I knew in middle school. He was not Christian at that time. He was just a regular kid. His name is Jesus. He comes up to me and he gives me a firm handshake. Not like, hey, how you doing? No, he gives me a really firm handshake. And that firm handshake is like what a got traditional. my traditional. Yeah, yeah, no, no. That was like a firm <laughs> handshake. And that it wasn't got me. Dabbing you up. It wasn't. No, no, no. It, it was, was like a, it was a real handshake. And it was really firm. <laughs> and that got me to look up to him. And when I looked up to him, he said, Do you know about the gospel? And I looked at him and I smiled and I was like, if you only knew, if you only knew where I come from, man. He's like, What, you go to church? And I was like, yeah, I go to church. He's like, that's good, man. So you're so you're your brother in Christ. And to me, I'm just like, whatever. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm your brother in Christ. He's like, that's good, man. That's good, man. You know, and he starts talking about his testimony. I never knew Jesus for the person that he is. And so I had a personal experience with him. And now I experienced the love of Jesus. And that's all I want to spread. And I want to tell you that if you haven't experienced the love yet, although you're in church, the love of Jesus is real. And I told him, I'm like, look, man. If we're going to talk about the Bible, man, we could talk forever. And you're not going to say one word because I'll tell you the Bible from one side to the other. Like, yeah, I'm good. Okay. And he had, a, he had a Christian group and he told me, look, we're meeting. We're meeting every Thursday during lunch. You want to you want to come? Just come. Come wow. as you are, bro. He's like, he's like, just come as you are. Just come as you are. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And uh, he walks away. I never went. I never went. So so this kid is basically evangelized. Yeah, he was evangelizing me. And I never went because in my mind, I'm like, bro, I, I know things about God more than you probably ever will do. Mm. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> and, I know people like that. Yeah, it's like, it's like. And they just refuse to listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, because I was tired. Like I said, I was tired of church. Uh -huh. I was just so tired of it. I was waiting to reach the age of 18 to dip and get out of church. Speaking speaking of that, did your, your, you had said your sister moved out, right? Yeah, yeah. She moved out at the age of 17. Uh, and okay. uh, I was a sophomore. When that happened and that was very very notorious moment because she left and she was like i'm going to virginia very like, dang and i was like oh okay and she gave me a hug and she left and that's it what no reasoning dang. no nothing uh wow. and when i went inside and then i saw the emptiness in the room that hit me real hard i was like why why is this going on and then my dad told me he's like look she left this is eventually gonna happen you just just gotta move on that's it wow and then the feeling of just sitting in my that's bed it. at night <laughs> In the dark, for the first time, I don't have a bed on top of me. Because we always had bunk beds. Mm -hmm. So for the first time, I don't have a bed on top of me. And then no matter what I do, I could hear the echo in the room. It was so empty. That hit me so hard because I'm like, damn, I feel really alone at school. Now I feel really, really alone here at home. Wow. And uh, I never told my sister about that because I know she had a lot going on in that moment. And I didn't want to mm -hmm. I didn't want to even put more on her plate. But I fulfilled that emptiness and that loneliness with smoking. So the next day, okay. I, I woke up and I rolled and I smoked. Like, nah, man, whatever. I need a blunt. Yeah, need a blunt. So you used to smoke a lot. Dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was, I was with it. And uh, He's a stoner. I had a, I have a childhood friend, and he could tell you stories, tour stories of many times that we, we would get so stoned, and we, we had no cars, nothing, yo. We would, we didn't, have, we didn't have money. We'd be like, how much you got? You got three dollars. Oh, I got three dollars. Let's go to Seven Eleven. Let's get a pizza. We get high, buy a pizza, go to his house, and eat, 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 and get high again. Like, it was. <laughs> It was just, it was just like, oh it was like gosh. your typical teenage yeah, yeah. 
stoner stuff. Okay. Yeah. But, but uh, so you're, uh, you're this kid is evangelizing to you. Yeah. But so, you don't want to really pay him any mind. I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to pay any money. But mind, you're still going to church. And I'm still going to church. Man, so you never stopped going to church I this never stopped. whole time. Nope. But mentally, like spiritually, you were yes, very much. Yeah, I was very like, much done. Yeah, would you say you were, were dead? Yes. Yeah, yeah, spiritually, I was dead. I didn't feel nothing. You were there physically, but like. But my mind, your heart was, was just completely yeah. out of it. I would, like you know, he would preach, and I knew what he was going to preach about. Uh, that's because, interesting. Because on Sundays in the mornings, he would call me up sometimes. To, you know, because I live with him, he would just call me up time like, "Yo, can you give this to your demo?" And then he would tell me about his sermon. And in my mind, I'm like, "Dude, I can get the damn what you what you going to preach about." Leave me alone. <laughs> it's like, like leave me alone, man. And then uh, you know, in the church, I would sit, I would sit, and I would watch him, and I'd pull out my phone and whatnot. I, I would not pay attention. I, mm-hmm. I really didn't care. Man, that's crazy because I usually hear people just leave, but you just stayed. No, I, st- I stayed there. But you just mentally were yeah. just mentally out, I was checked I, out. I, I was I was I was gone. Then uh, uh, when senior year came, I was not supposed to graduate. I was one of those on the list that. Bro, didn't nah. you say you had like a point point eighty eight? Yo, how? I how still do don't understand. Graduate? Yeah, it's like I thought you needed. Like how, a, I thought you needed at least like, like D's. Like that's I had not a, even straight D's. My I man. had a counselor. Uh, the, to this day, I hope God is blessing her life because out of the whole, like all the teachers in the school, she was the only one that didn't give up on me. Many uh, teachers told me, like, why don't you drop out? What? What? Many, te- what? Yeah, hey, many, many teachers told me, like, you, you're going to end up like your people. Whoa. Yeah, she was like, you know, there was many times, like, you're going to end up working in construction. Keep it up. They, they would tell me that. And uh, but Miss Miss Costenbader, that's her name. She was she, like, she sat me in her office and she's like, Kevin, I don't care what's gonna happen, but you're gonna graduate because you're gonna prove these people that you're not your typical Hispanic. Wow, you're not. You're, you're more. Man, you can that's be a more. Blessing. So she went through hell, like <laughs> like for real. For a kid that's to not get even me hers. graduate, she yeah. would bring me like packets of work, and she would sit me in the career center, and she'd be like, All right, we're gonna do this, and I'd be like, That's a lot. She's like, Yeah, you're gonna do some, and I'm gonna do some. What? And I would do work, and then she would do it. I would do work, and then she would do something. And then I'd just go turn it in. Dang. And they'd just put in the grades. And then she would email them, and she's like, whatever grade he gets off answering those questions, put that in there. Don't even take off points for him being late. And then eventually it just all added up, and then I passed. Man, that's a counselor that deserves her pay. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, a good counselor. She didn't, she didn't give up. She, we need people like that in school. She didn't give up. She I mean, I don't know. Up. She was a little... You know, but she, it, she she puts a little under the table things, but hey, that's yeah. that's that's a blessing. No, nah, I mean I don't. I mean if if she was there and you were doing the work, I think. But she was doing the work too. You said right? Yeah, yeah. She, but, but the thing is, <laughs> but it was not like you know, like she's filling out everything here. No, uh, it was yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like okay. What, what do you think about this question? I would answer. She would write it real fast. She was a really fast. Oh, writer. okay. That's it. Oh, okay, okay. And um, yeah, and then man, she'd be like, and she'd be like, go ahead and turn it in. And then when I was crossing the stage, I um. I barely gave the hand to everybody. It was like a, <laughs> but to her, I grabbed her hand and I said, "I thank you so much." I was like, man. "I'm like you're you're one of the biggest reasons why I'm here." Hey, I don't and, even know this woman, but I hope God blesses her, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. really I inspiring. So I hope so too. And that's then uh, I crossed the stage, still still thinking gangster, still in Dickie, still in Cortez, <laughs> still, still doing the Jay Wall probably. And um, oh, now out of high school, uh, I hit 18. Uh, I say I'm out. I'm out of church. I'm still going. To, I'm still at home with my dad. My dad tells me the rules are the same. I need you home by this time, whatever. But I said, I'm not going to church no more. So you're finally actually leaving yes, church now? I'm okay. actually leaving church. I, the day I turned 18, I went to my uncle and I said, I'm done. I was like, I'm done. And he was On your confused. birthday? Yep. 
Dang. He was like, he's like, what? He's like going up to you. Happy birthday. Oh, he was like, he was like, what? I got a present for you. I'm done. <laughs> he was just like, I don't understand what's going on. I was like, I was like, I don't mean this to disrespect you, but your church is dead. Dang. I was like, I'm dead in that church. And I'm not, I'm sure I'm not the only one, but I am able to tell you, I don't feel good there and I don't want to be there. I don't want to participate. So I'm done. And then he told me some stuff there, right? Some stuff that I was like, whatever. The thing is, when I got to the church, I was like, I'm going to go the last day. I went there and I sat down. What he told me personally, he preached from the altar. And he told everybody. He didn't say, like, he's going to leave. But he emphasized everything on quitting, on leaving. And everything he told me in person, he told it to the church. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm looking you're at probably like, really bro. I'm looking at him and I'm smiling. And I'm like, dog, I'm out. I don't care. Like, <laughs> he's like... <laughs> I was like, whatever. Yeah. The only thing that you're missing is saying my name on the side. Right. Right. And then <laughs> um, then I left. I, I left. I didn't go back. Um, I think I lasted like three months out of church uh, because I had a friend from high school who went to a church, a Pentecostal church. And he told me, look, before you really quit church, uh, come to my church. And if you don't like it, I'll never invite you again. And I was like, all right, bro, I've been to thousands of churches, yo. And I'm pretty sure they're all the same. And I went. And uh, the experience was different because now I'm going to, now I viewed people way different. The people that were there wanted to be there. The youth that were there wanted to be there. The kids that were there wanted to be there. Oh, wow. And the way that they were worshiping, they, they were doing it with such passion, with such happiness, like fulfilled type happiness. And I looked at them and all, all I told myself was, I want to feel that way. I was like, why can't I feel that way? And uh, after the service, he's like, did you like it? And I was like, yeah, I did. He's like, okay. He's like, every Sunday at 3.30. And I said, okay. Well, you 3.30 p.m.? Yeah. Oh, dang. I was True. like, okay. I was like, I'll go. And uh, I kept going. But that's where my real process started. Because now I have to let go smoking. I have to let go drinking. I have to let go of those friends, all that, to now go to this church. And they were teaching me how to detox. That went through a, re a really like hard probably one year of pure detoxing religious detoxing trauma detoxing detoxing from um what these friends had induced in me um they were teaching me how to let go of smoking how to how to let go of drinking how to not embody my feelings and not and hold them inside i blessed the pastor of that church because there was times that i would get out of the service and i would sit outside like confused what the heck am i doing here uh, desperate to smoke desperate to drink and she would come outside and she would sit with me and she would give me a long talk. And most of the time I was like, why are you talking to me, lady? Like, come on. But thank her. I want to thank her for those long talks because those long talks stopped me from going to right. buying weed. Yeah. And, stopped you from turning yeah, to your vices. Yeah. 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 That, those, those long conversations stopped me. There was many times that I, in that time I didn't have a car. I didn't drive. Uh, there was a time that I was, I was waiting there for a friend of mine and, um, specifically to go drink and um i was waiting for him after the church and uh everybody left but the pastor and his wife and i was like i'm like you guys can go home i was like my friend's about to be here to pick me up they were like no 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 they're like i want to see you get in that car and i want to be able to say okay you left safely and i want you to be able to tell me that you're not going to go drink you're not going to go smoke and all that uh <laughs> yeah and then we waited for like 40 minutes and they were there they stayed there Dang. and then uh my friend came picked me up and then he says what are you gonna go do i was like i'm just gonna go home 
And he's like, okay. And he hopped in the car, and then he left. And I told him, I'm like, just drop me off at home. And he dropped me off. Dang. And um, it was all it was all small stuff like that. Uh, they would have youth events, and those youth events, same thing. I would walk out because the spirit of God would move in that place, and I would see people get ministered. I had no idea what that was. No mm-hmm. idea. I, I uh-huh. like I don't know what that feels like. None of that. So I would get out because I felt so dirty, so unworthy. I felt so uh, like out of place. I was like these these people are doing so good things, and I'm not in a good stance. I can't do this. So I would walk out, and random youth would come out. And be like, no, this these events are done for people like you. Wow, there you like, go. He's like, these events are done for there the broken. Go. So they would pull me inside, and Damn, that's and good. Uh, and then I would I would watch them get ministered. You know, I would I didn't know what to do, so I just <laughs> whatever you know, just I'm there, and they would finish. But th- wow. those things would stop me from going back to my old ways. Uh, then in 2017 is when my real my real my real experience came mm-hmm. it was a convention a big convention 2017 2017 okay. well real quick how did your dad feel about this church um he told me that if i felt good there he said go okay nice he said go nice, nice. He said, what, what was one of the hardest thing to to overcome you said the detoxing um with with me uh changing my mentality in terms of what christianity is and religion is that was pretty hard for me mm-hmm. because to this to, to 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 a certain point i had to fight it for years like you know overcoming the fact that um i don't know like the dumb stuff like you know the the, the long skirts or the no makeup or it the sad reality is that that was engraved in me so hard mm-hmm. that i would judge myself very harshly and then I would end up stepping away from like certain things out of fear mm-hmm. because of the same thing that, that you're saying. Like I felt so dirty, I felt so it's so I would I would kinda like give up on certain things because that religious mentality was on the back in my head saying, You're not worthy enough. Right. And you are not capable enough, uh, because it could be something dumb is because you looked at a woman just for like five seconds or like i was very harsh yeah i mean to a certain point yeah it's good but there needs to be a balance like it shouldn't it shouldn't completely put you on a stopping position you know what i mean like it shouldn't paralyze you and it was paralyzing me Mm -hmm. religion was paralyzing me and it was not able i was not able to grow spiritually i was not able to mature because I was paralyzed by the ideas that were implanted in me. Right. How did how did that play out? I mean, like, what was one of the toughest things to overcome? Um, I'm gonna say uh, l- during that whole time, although I let go smoking, I let go drinking, I let go hanging out with these people. The one thing that I kept always on the low was corn. Okay. Always. Um, they would talk about it. They would talk about it. The preachers and the conference men would talk about it, but I always kept that on the low because I'm like. Okay, I think that's something that is just gonna go away. You know, it's like whatever, it's gonna go away. Uh, but oftentimes, when they would talk about the purity of the Holy Spirit, the purity of the anointing, the purity of the power of God, all this stuff, that would make me feel guilty because I know that on the side, I'm I'm still sinning. Something. So that uh, that guiltiness of religion was still in there. I didn't understand what grace was. Mm-hmm. I didn't understand what identity was. I didn't understand what being loved was. Um, 
although they, you know, the people told me, you know, we love you, we're here for you, we're not, um, I'm like, okay, uh, but I still don't understand what love was, I didn't feel a certain type of way from nobody, it was just like, you know, whatever, cool, thank you for caring, it's like, but it wasn't until, uh, that experience that I had, uh, at the youth convention where they were doing a prayer for the youth, and the preacher said, the Holy Spirit is going to make himself present, but if you don't get into his atmosphere, nothing's going to happen. So get into the atmosphere. So for the first time, the youth, they raised my hands and they begin to pray. And then I did a prayer and I said, I'm like, if you're real, I'm like, I want an experience. I want to feel something different. I want something else. I'm like, I don't want to be just believing in a God that I can't see. If I can be so close to you, then show yourself. Right. And then he begins to pray. And David uh, Baye, that's the best preacher. He has this thing that he likes to count down, and when he counts down, he just he believes that the Holy Spirit is gonna dwell in that place. And then surprisingly, he counts down, and something fell in that place. Something that I've never felt: um, a heat, a pressure, like a good pressure, a pressure that caused me to release, like break out. So I begin crying and crying and crying. Uh, now I'm on the ground and I'm just crying. I don't know why I'm crying. I'm just crying. I'm just crying. I'm crying. I'm crying. And in my life, I've I've never been a crier. Like uh -huh. yeah. I've never I've never been a crier. My dad always taught me to like hold, hold. Even in the hardest moments that I saw my family go through, he'd be like, even though he's crying, he would tell me, "You can't cry." Come on. Jesus <laughs> wept. He would cry. Jesus he would, wept. He would tell me, "You can't cry. You need to be that person that's strong in the family." So I wouldn't cry. What? It's like you. Yeah. What? That's supposed to be him. I wouldn't. I wouldn't cry. And uh, like there was one time where he had a. He, there was this dog that he loved very much. It was like his best friend. The way the dog died was super sad. It was so sad. It, it depressed him for a long time. But we it, it hit all of us because the dog was so personal to us. And when the dog died of cancer, uh, everybody cried. And I'm there burying the dog, making the hole to bury the <laughs> this dog. Guy is like, yeah. Uh, uh. And then and then and then my dad sees me and he sees that I want to cry and he's like, You cannot cry. Oh dang. Why? Tell me you cannot cry. What? He's like, You gotta stay strong for the rest. So I didn't cry. I didn't cry. It's like so there was many moments in my life where probably I should have cried and I embodied it. I said, nah. I'm so like, now all of this but, built up and yeah, it's releasing. But yeah, but then because of that 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 presence, now I know it's the Holy Spirit who came into that place. Because of how he came powerfully in that place, he kinda gave me that that safety mm -hmm. like go ahead you know what i think is interesting is that the holy spirit just because we don't feel something or like get slayed in the spirit or uh -huh. whatever that doesn't mean he's not there yeah, or like right. he doesn't work in, in our lives because i've right. had so many experiences the same way where I, I didn't really feel anything but like something changed in me yeah you know I, I, I yeah because like i didn't because many people spoke in tongues that day i saw many of you that i never saw them spoken tongues they spoke in tongues they got baptized in the spirit i didn't speak in tongues but i did feel that heat I did feel that pressure and like it was like somebody opened the door like go ahead let it out and it just came out like like a waterfall and i just couldn't i just couldn't hold and then uh they told me that i cried for like an hour and a half dang and then uh when i must have been sore when, when i got up wait <laughs> on that water weight yeah. yeah i was i was i was sweaty i got up and then uh my pastor looked at me and he says like what happened and i told him i i don't i don't I don't know how to put it into words. Uh, then from there is when a drastic came, a drastic change came in. That's when all the, the good stuff that this religious church taught me began to come out. 
the Bible study, the music playing, the worshiping, uh, talking about Jesus, evangelism, all that stuff becomes to come out because now I'm serving in a church. I decided to serve in a church, but now everything I do, I do it with a passion. Like I don't do it so I can be seen. Right. I don't do it because no one forces me. Now I'm doing it because I want to, right? And because I want to please God. And there was so many times that I worship God and I, I like physically felt his presence wow. like so tangibly felt his presence um so many times that i i would sit there and i wouldn't feel nothing but the people are getting ministered and i'm t and the people are looking at me and i would tell them i don't know what you're feeling i'm like i don't know what's going on this is personal but give god the glory and i would look at people and i'll be like take your anointing people would feel the anointing so i'd be like okay holy spirit you're beginning to do stuff and I'm not understanding. I'm not. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So I begin to look for help. I begin to ask my pastor. I begin to look, uh, talk to evangelists, to to mentors, trying to understand how what is this anointing? What is this power? They begin to tell me you need to pray. You need to fast. You need to look for the presence of God. And they would heavily tell me you need to be baptized in the spirit. You need to speak in tongues because when you get your your spirit language to talk, then you can pray in the spirit. And they they begin to teach me all these things that tracks me more to understand more of God. Uh, as my pastor begins to see that I'm so invested, like anything about church, anything about about the youth, anything about serving, anything about ministry, I was there. My pastor could call me at three in the morning and be like, let's go pray. And I could say, let's go. Let's go. And, it's like, like, and he, you was you was ready. Yeah, he'd be like, yo, we got a we got a fasting. He was on call. We got a fasting He's at six in the morning. Mode. Are you willing to go? Prayer yeah, I'm mode. there. I'm there. He'd be like, yo, come to my house. We're gonna we're gonna do a gathering. We're gonna invite some people we gotta pray for. Okay, I'm there. It was like, yo, I got to, he, he invited me to the the pastor's meetings of the region, of the association. It's at, it's at eight o'clock at night. So those get really long. You want to go? I was like, let's go. I was there. I was there. I was vested. I wanted it because I was, I was, I was hungry for that. That void was being filled, was being constantly filled by the presence of by God, presence. by serving, wow. by ministry. That's awesome. And, um, that's where it all began to grow. Uh, then there came that point. That's the first love. This that's part of my life that was called the first love. You're so vested, you're in it, right. you're in it. Then there has to be a way that the church needs to teach people that there comes a point where that first love begins to fade because you begin to see things, you begin to experiencing things that you don't think are in church. And one of the things that I didn't understand was love the people, but don't trust everybody. I didn't understand that. They told me serve the people, love them, but don't trust everybody. Your trust needs to be in God. Look at the people, love them, serve them, be there for them, but always look up to God. Because if you look up to the people one day, you're going to feel hurt. You're going to feel betrayed. Yeah, yeah. And and that's what happened to me. I, you know, I served three years, almost four years, serving, serving, serving. I became a youth president, and I was, I was serving the youth, and I was doing events, and I was serving and in every area that I can. I was really close to my pastor. Uh the youthful desires came. It doesn't matter if you're a youth leader. It doesn't matter if you're a minister. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor. My guy, you're a human. You're yeah. a man. You're a human. You're a yes, woman. Sir. Those those desires, your fleshly desires, are there. You can't let go of this flesh. You can only subject it to the spirit, but you can't let it go. Right. So, I didn't know how to subject it to the spirit. My My youth desires got the best of me. And I engaged into an illicit relationship with somebody in the church that I was not supposed to. And I made mistakes. Uh, I felt guilty to the point that I myself exposed it. I didn't wait. I went up to the mother. I went up to the pastor and I said, I did this. We did this. And I did it. 
and I messed up. And as soon as I released everything, this this amount of guilt came on me like you've been serving so much, you've been doing so much in church, you felt the presence of God, you ministered the presence of God, and you pay him like this. These religious thoughts begin to come back. Right. All the guilt begins to come back. That begins to bring me down. That's when I give up. I give in to youth ministry. I give in worship. I give in translating. I give in everything. And I told the pastor, I can't do it no more. I'm done. That was 2020. Wow. And then um, pastor's trying to convince me, no, Kevin, let's go back to the altar. Me and you. Let's go to the altar. Me and you. Let's go pray. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go repent. Me and you. We're going to go repent. I'm like, no, no, I'm done. I was like, because at the same time, I'm still dealing with corn. Right. So I'm like, no matter how much I repent, that's still going on. And that's still going on. And I still don't know. All I can say is amazing grace because I was not worthy of ministering the presence, but the presence was there. I was not worthy of a, the presence of God being attracted into that place through my worship. But when it came, it came. It was there. Right. And I was still not right. And I didn't understand yeah. that. So all, all I can say is amazing grace. Because God doesn't depend on us. Yeah. Yeah. God, God is, is going to do what he's going to do. Yeah. That's just, that's just how it is. But ours for his, not ours. Right. Yeah. They, but there's needs to be a, a balance check, too. Because yeah, there's, there's the other side where all... Oh, God, you know, doesn't depend on me. So I'm going to live my life whatever I want and I'm going to continue preaching (laughs) and I'll continue doing. And no, fam, you got to deal with your shenanigans. You got to deal with your problems. Right. Um, You got to take ownership of them. And, uh, but yeah, that's interesting, dude. Um, So now you, you quit church. Yep. Again. Uh, Again, I quit church. Man. Um, I'm out of church now. That's six months. That's the longest I've ever been out of church. In those six months, I go back to my old ways again. I go back to smoke because it's the only thing I know how to do. Did you link up with the old friends or just you new environment? I knew I knew some folks still. Okay. Uh, most of them are gone, like out of state, military, whatnot. Most of them got married. They just stopped doing things they were doing. I found some old friends and I would hang out with them. I found new friends. I would hang out with them. They were introducing me now to other stuff. You know, weed, weed with weed with uh, funnel, weed with PCP, you know, all this other stuff. Um how to smoke alcohol. Uh, smoke alcohol? What? <laughs> I've never heard that. I've never heard that. Hey, yeah, yo. Yeah, yo. Yeah, this turn, dude, bro. You turn, you turn alcohol into vapor and you inhale it. Don't um, you die? That, like, that doesn't sound isn't that, isn't that lethal? No, 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 it wasn't. It, it, it hit you. <laughs> right. Yo, how is that not lethal? It hit, you, it hit you really fast, really fast. And you would feel like high and drunk at the same time. It's like a crossfade. Oh, it was crazy. Uh, they were teaching me other ways to smoke, other ways to roll up. Uh, bongs, pipes, other stuff, stuff that I can't even mention. Like, wow. so, so you, so you experienced a drastic change, and then boom, just yep, yep. wow. Back, Would you say in. so? You were low, then you go to this church, you start going up, and then you leave, and you go back down. Was this lower than before? I'd say, I'd say it's lower because it's like, like really it's like the Bible. It's like the Bible says. It's like when the dog returns to his vomit. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a lot worse. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It advises us to not like if we're liberated from something, don't go back don't the same time because yeah. it's going to be twice a lot as hard. hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it I is. Can, I can I can testify that that it was hard because now it's not just loneliness. Now it's not just depression. Now suicide is in is in hand. Now I'm thinking about taking my life. Now I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about just just ending it. I I remember walking at three in the morning. There's a bridge by my house where it's always cars running. I I look down at the bridge and there's a little gap. And I fit through the gap. And I'm like, if I go through this gap, I'm like, that's it. A car hits me. It's instant death. I'm like, it's okay. 
uh, I start reading uh, wrong things, astrology, you know, Santeria. I start yeah. looking at, I start looking at all these, all these ancestral stuff, trying to feel something like, you know, maybe Christianity is wrong. Maybe it's not. Maybe Jesus ain't right. Maybe this church is wrong. Maybe the Pentecostal church is wrong. Just trying to, trying to find meaning to my current life. That's it. And uh, the only thing that stopped me every single time from committing, you know, com- doing that was the thought of hell. Mm. The thought of going to hell. Uh, one sister from the church reached out to me and she told me, look, Kevin, if you're out there smoking and you're out there drinking, we can still talk to you. We can still try to save you. But if you do that and you go to hell, we can't save you no more. We can't do nothing for you. So even if even if you're still drinking, even if you're still smoking, go to church, keep going. And there's still a possibility that you can get saved. But if you kill yourself, you can't do nothing. Right. That idea itself is what got me like to stop. stop. That's what got me to stop. Um, but it was uh, it was just like it was just so dark. It was just so dark. I didn't, there was times where I I wanted to stay in my room and I go nowhere, stay in the dark, and um, trying to fill this 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 ideology. No, I can I can choose another path of living. I can do things differently. Uh, there were times that I would be positive and be like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna just get another job. I'm gonna work. I'm gonna build some money, build something for myself. But at the same time, I was I thought about the future, and I was like, "What if I'm 80 years old and I'm still like this, and then I die? What was the point of life?" Right. So mm-hmm. there was just so much question, so much confusion, so much depression, so much loneliness. Uh, and then uh, out of nowhere, I get a message on Facebook, uh, brother Samuel. I I, I I praise God for his life mm-hmm. uh, because then he sends me a message. He Sammy. says he looks. He's like, "You look. You look like you're going through a very dark time," but not all is done. Not all is over. There's a there's a youth worship that you can attend if you'd like to. Um, he passed my info to you, uh, and you started talking to me a little bit about the church, a little bit about the youth. I start talking to you a little bit about what's going on, uh, and you give me the day, you give me the time, and I decide to go. I go yeah. with the idea. Again, I've been to so many churches. I'm like, this this is gonna be your typical church, like whatever. I, I walk in, and that night, I had the idea of leaving the church and getting high again. Just, just getting high, just whatever, and then going to sleep high. Oh, my God. That was, that was my idea. Uh, but I walk in, and I see I see everybody up front just singing. And it's a song I know. It's like, I'm like, okay, cool. But I go, I'm shy. I'm shy of going to front, so I just sit in the back, and I sit down. And I'm like, okay. I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, whatever. Um, I look at the cross and it reminds me of my old church. It reminds me of the youth convention. It reminds me of all the times that I served. It reminds me of every experience I had. And all I heard was a song, do it again. And I looked up and I prayed and I told the Lord, like, look at my life. I'm not good. And in the past, like everybody, we all have our low moments where we've fallen, but then somehow we capture the we go back to the grace of god and god raises us back up and we just keep moving you know right. we don't go back to the world it's just that i call it a, a moment of non-calibration you need to get recalibrated you know you're 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 thinking you're like i'm a little bit unstable you know what lord i need your presence and he comes he ministers to you and he recalibrates you and you go back to church you keep doing your thing you don't really go back to the world so that i had those times where I felt uncalibrated and I always went back to prayer and I always told the Lord, help me, help me get back up. And I just kept serving. But this time was different. This time I was done, done. done. So I said, Lord, if you raised me back in the past 
and you brought me back to your place of grace, your place of light. And I know you're real. So if you did it again, I mean, if you did it in the past, I know you could do it again. So if you do it again, I'll serve you. If you if you can heal me, I'll serve you. And I closed my eyes and I waited and I'm listening to the song and I'm just waiting. I'm just like I'm sitting there and I'm waiting and his presence begins to come again. That feeling, that pressure, that heat. And that makes me cry again. But now it's like because I know how that presence is. I don't go so crazy no more. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't fall. No You're more. not like boring. Yeah. yeah, no, no more, no more. Now, now I know how to understand. Okay, that's him. And I just close my eyes and I'm just crying. And service ends, and you guys start coming up. You guys start talking to me. I start saying hello. You know, everybody's introducing, and I see that fellowship. I see that everybody's happy to be there. That everybody wants to be there. So again, it brings me back to that time when I went to that Pentecostal church. How everybody wanted to be there. And I said, okay, maybe this could be a new home. Maybe this could be a new place. I go back home and I go home thinking, like, what if I stay there? You know, what if, what if, what if I continue going? What do I lose? Uh, and I'm thinking about what I just experienced. I'm thinking about uh, the prayer I did. I'm thinking about his presence. It's just like, what do I do at that point? What do I do? Do I really let go of my lifestyle? Do I let go of my friends again? Do I stop smoking? Like, what is this going to happen in the future? Uh, with that uncertainty, I just keep going. I just mm. keep going. Uh, and as I keep going, uh, the more fellowship there was, the more attracted I felt to keep going. The more fellowship there was, the more attracted I kept. Um, and that just kept me going. That just kept me going. And then it just came to a point where now I don't have to go into a such spiritual place to feel safe. Because now I go to church and I feel so safe. I feel okay. Um I don't feel like there's something above me hovering, waiting for me to mess up, for the guilt to drop. Uh, on the other hand, I go to church and I know if I've messed up, I, my father is always there. So one of the things that now is different is that now it's not just a place of healing. Now there is an identity. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Now there it's is that love. Now I understand. Now I can say what it means to feel loved, what it means to love others. Because I didn't, I didn't, for a long time, I didn't know what it was that was like. To feel loved, I don't know. I don't know. Even though maybe there was people that loved me, not I just didn't know. Right. But uh, in the church, God has made me feel what that love is. Wow. And He has shown me how to love others. Man, that's so, that's crazy. Man. So that identity is so established. Um, there's, I'm trust me, bro. These 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 past years that I've been at Transformation, there's been things that are trying to remind me, like you've done this, you've done this, you've done this. But my only response is, He's still my Father. That's right. all I can say. Yeah. That's he's, crazy, he's, man. He's still my father. Because I was, I was the when you went that one service uh -huh. that was with the youth. I was leading the youth worship. I was yeah. playing. I had no idea about any of that right. stuff. Yeah. Right, man, that's crazy. Yeah, though, it's crazy. What uh, I didn't what, feel. I mean, I didn't feel anything yeah. special, but the spirit touched you. And, yeah, it's like don't you know. don't. Uh, Praise God, man. You don't have to feel the presence of God to know that He's ministering somebody. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Go, go with the attitude that Lord, you can do as you please, but I'm gonna worship you, and that's it. And, yeah, um, I'm, I, a, I'm a testimony of that. Like, I can say that. Uh, I don't know if anybody else was feeling anything in that day, but <laughs> I felt it. You know, I felt it and it changed me. And um, it's not so like drastic. You know, I didn't see a vision. You know, a voice didn't speak to me. But I very much prefer him to establish that faith, that identity, and that love because that kept me going. The vision can happen once. And oftentimes, many people have visions and they continue living the lifestyle. Mm. 
But when you have that established identity, that's different. Yeah, it stays there. So yeah. I'm I'm grateful for that. Man, yeah, I think I think I remember crazy. that day that I uh, Samuel actually uh, someone actually uh, texted me or called me. I think it was a call. So uh, I I called you the same day. Mm-hmm. I, I called you the same day that he reached out and uh, introduced myself. I mean, uh, to, to to be honest, when I called you, I was like, man, I hope he <laughs> he he you know he does come. I did like pray a little prayer for you, um, and then you actually came, which was like, wow, like he came, like. <laughs> That's cool. And in my mind, I was like, this, because you told me in that conversation that you used to go to church. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know if you, some in between the lines, I don't know if you, you know, you kind of told me, hey, you, you like the quick kind of church and stuff like that. Uh, but in my mind, when I saw you, I'm like, this guy's going to catch a surprise because he's, first of all, he's going to walk in a, in, a, in a church that there's no adults in a youth service. Yeah, that was totally new. <laughs> Everybody was uh, young, yeah, and mm-hmm. and then the the crowd is not so big. Yeah, um, you know, but it's all youth, and yep. there's actually genuine hearts trying to, you know, call upon the presence of God. So I was kind of like, you know, uh, I was kind of watching your reaction because, and then number two is is the the way we dress, uh, we do it as a strategy. Mm-hmm. You know, we want to attract certain people. We want to attract a certain crowd. We have a target audience. We have yeah. a mission. We have a vision. And we know who we're going after. Yeah. Wait until this guy sees how everybody else is dressed. And we do it for a reason. We we have certain people that we want to target. We have a vision. We have a mission. We are, you know, uh, called to reach out to certain individuals so it was it was pretty interesting to see your reaction and to see you know the uh the the reaction that you were going to have once we approach you as well because that's something that we implement in our ministry a lot the the fact that if there's a new youth you gotta talk to him like yeah. that, that that's that's not a uh it's essential it's not a question it's like it's a like do it essential yeah, yeah, yeah. Command, guideline to command yeah because we're, we're important we're, we are you know the ones who represent christ and god so we right. need to represent his love as well but uh tell us um so you you uh basically come back to god then what uh, what's, what's going on now well, uh, definitely um, a healing process began. Uh, again, uh, healing of the past. Uh, the Lord showed me how to forgive others, uh, how to forgive myself. Um, he also established the identity that is unmovable, unshakable. Taught me how to trust Him over anything. Look at Him. Um, seek Him over anything. Love Him over anything. And... Um, even if anybody else wants to come in, wants to walk out, he just taught me that he's always there, no matter what. Uh, even dealing with corn, just taught me. It's like, I can see myself dirty, but in his presence, he sees me as what he's going to turn me into. Uh, he taught me how to how to begin that battle, how to fight it, how to not compromise. Uh, he put brothers by my side uh, to tell me, no, don't compromise. Don't don't give up, uh, keep going, and that's that's I think that's the fellowship has been one of the heaviest things that have helped me a lot, because it has shown me that just like me, there's others that also struggle. And just like right. me, there's others that were broken. Just like me, there was others that felt lonely, that felt unloved, and God has reached them, 
uh, I just recently, you know, spoke with the brother of the church that I've known him now for a couple of years now. And he just recently shared his testimony with me that I've, I've never heard. I never heard him. And I was able to see the grace of God over him and what, uh, what the Spirit of God can do in him. Right. Yeah, he doesn't know that the Spirit of God can do. And I told him, I'm like, bro, you're such a, a weapon in God's hands that he can use. Um, and now uh, we're involved. We're involved in ministry. We're serving. Uh, the same way that others help me, I want to help others too. Uh, the same way that people showed love to me, I want to show love to others. That's why I'm, I'm with the youth ministry. I'm with you guys. Uh, we're there. We're there on Fridays teaching, worshiping, preaching. Uh, fellow doing fellowship, uh, doing whatever we can, honestly, whatever we can. We evangelize, and we evangelize. Yes, we had a successful evangelism uh, yeah. uh, last yeah. Saturday, it was, it was really good. Um, and I'm believing that this this is just the beginning of what God is going to do. These testimonies are not meant to show off, they're not meant to show people that we're holy because we're not, bro. I'm, I'm the same as you, I'm a guy just like you. I deal with things just like you. The difference is that I don't trust myself, I trust God, I trust that. Every battle that I can't fight, he's going to fight. Everything that I can't win, he's going to win. Yeah. Amen. I and, trust in God. Yeah. <laughs> but and then I think I think holiness, holiness <laughs> is not the uh holiness in 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 our in our life is not the absence of sin. Mm -hmm. It's the ability to continue growing to the character of Christ. Yeah. It is the ability to constantly improve and be more like Jesus. It's you know you're gonna overcome. Yep. But we're humans. Right. Another thing is gonna come up. That's yeah. how it is. The closer we get to the presence of God, the closer we get to that mirror, we start you know um, looking at you know the flaws and the wrinkles and stuff like that. So right, we constantly right. we are constantly improving. We're constantly and I think to a certain point there's a beauty to that because it keeps you humble. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like you're never you know there saying oh I'm the most holiest so that. God manifests. Yeah. I know there's right. people that need some, a healthy dose of yeah. So <laughs> so actually actually yeah yeah they do. And I was actually getting frustrated in the in the past. I've gotten frustration like that I dealt with 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 God because I was like, hey man, I'm doing my thing. Like I'm fasting, I'm praying, and you're not coming through. Why? And I was like a constant like you're not coming through. Why? 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 What's going on? Mm -hmm. Why am I not able to you know do this or do that or why is this a, a certain way? Mm -hmm. And uh, the answer that I got from the Holy Spirit was like everything is done in my time, not your time. So you need to humble yourself. Yeah. So it was like a kind of like a hook to the neck. I mean to the face, uh, a, like a, a hit to the <laughs> right to cross. The, yeah. To the saying, hey, it's not about you. Keep doing what you're doing. Because that's, that's what, that's, and, and what yeah. I was being minister. Uh -huh. It is on my time that I will do what I, I'm going to be able to do. Yeah. Right. And, and then in, in the long run, it, I was like, okay, good. And I'm glad that that happened because in the long run, issues did arise um, that could have compromised if you know, things were accelerated. Could have compromised that, that, those fruits. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was able to mature and endure through those issues a lot more so it's yeah. like okay I, I i i see why you didn't yeah, do yeah. it and i see why the process was 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 that way yeah i think right. that's that's interesting because i know uh nabil Qureshi. he was uh i think he was like a i think he was an apologist he was an ex-muslim he said something similar when he was about to convert because he was like so distraught over the fact that he like in, in islam that like you leave islam 
you're 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 not Done. part of the family yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. And he was like super heartbroken over that. And at a certain point, he was like, "God, why? God, why?" And he was just so upset and angry. And he said, at a certain point, he just felt that something in him, like the spirit, just told him in his heart, like, "It's not about you." Right. And and so you you said the same thing, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it, it, it's not about us. Um, it, it's about you know God. It's about spreading the gospel. Right. And I I think that there's a there's a mystery. There's a there's a beautiful thing about that uh, because it, it humbles you. And, yeah. and it makes you fall in love more with God because mm-hmm. uh, that's exactly what happened to me. It just made me trust more in God and fell in love more in God. And it's like, okay, there's still areas in my life that I need to deal with. Not necessarily like areas that may seem big on the eyes of people, but like areas that I know for a fact are going to play a big role once things end up piling up. If you're faithful in the small, you know, he's going to be able to trust you when the bigger things come. So right. like, just having the ability to think before we you know we make certain decisions having the ability to have that connection uh to uh, choose the spirit instead of your emotions yeah. having the ability to uh manage anger manage time better <laughs> yeah. Yeah. manage finances better so it sometimes god it, it, it it's trying to teach you character things rather than you know trying to get rid of that one sin Right, because at the end of the day, the sin is there because of lack of character. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to deal with your character. Yep, and then you know the healing is going to come, and and, the, and you're going to overcome. Right, but um, so now you're you're here, and just to make it clear, because it was kind of brief and quick, um, you've been in our church for how many years? Um, uh, going into three years now. Three years. Yep. Nice, yeah. nice. So yeah, it's been a, it's been a, he's been, you know, he's been doing a lot. So. He's uh playing bass. He's preaching. Mm-hmm. He's teaching. He led an evangelism group. Been doing good. He been doing good. But I yeah. have one question too. So, uh, you said you know you were had mentioned your now fiance. Now did yep. that? How did that? Uh, how did was that affected that relationship once you, you know, found Christ again? Right. So I we actually split um like way years before that uh that I that I came back to church. Uh, just for youthful reasons, to be honest, we were we both needed to grow up. Uh, we were very young. We just we didn't have experience in nothing, uh, and we just we just kind of needed to move on and do our own thing. Um, one of the things that I remember about her was that when I was in church, I would sometimes share the gospel with her. And so one time, she told me, you know, it's either your God or me, and Dang. and and I was like, I would choose my God, and. Um, that that led into a whole other conversation, and it kind of fell off afterwards. But yeah, we kind of split just to, you know, just because we were, we wanted to split. You know, I I wanted to move on. I wanted to try other stuff, and uh, you know, I wasn't ready for commitment. Uh, then now coming to church, uh, I meet her again, and we start talking again. And now I'm telling her about transformation, how it helped me, and how it's helping me, how it's healing me, and how what God is doing. And she told me. I want to go too because I'm tired as well. She was right. tired of doing her way. She was tired of living, doing things her way, doing her decisions, living her way, all that. And she said, uh, "I want to go," and that's where I brought her to church for the first time. Wow! Yeah, and that, I, I think there's purpose in their relationship, especially like when I prayed for both of you. I, you know, felt that God has a, a strong calling. 
in you and in her because i saw i'm not gonna lie when i prayed for, for you i saw i didn't even know you to be honest but i i saw preaching i saw evangelism i saw uh uh crowds so it's like yeah this guy has a purpose with god and it, it's not just any purpose it's you know he's called to 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 preach to to be an ambassador which we all do to a certain extent but you know mm-hmm. yeah. uh, our characters it, it has the ability the way god makes us sometimes it, it's able to help us reach certain people so you um have people assigned to you that you can reach with your abilities and your your way of being right right um so now you know your fiance future wife is also part of our youth ministry yeah, and it's uh, serving yeah. singing ministering uh we've had wonderful youth services where the presence of god was so tangible so it's, there. it's crazy yeah. right one yeah. of the services that we had was was insane like yeah, it, was it was like <laughs> it's like his presence was made very notable the atmosphere completely mm-hmm. changed uh you had uh preteens being touched by the holy spirit mm-hmm uh yeah like it, you have people confused because they didn't know what they were experiencing right uh right. so yeah it, it's it's awesome and i've seen you grow too in, in the way you preach in the way you you give lessons and um yeah it's 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 actually a beautiful thing to see somebody that comes to church and actually decides to believe not in the church but decides to believe on the purpose that god has for their life and see it unfold and continue to unfold yeah man it's beautiful i can't uh i can't run away from my calling i already tried it many times uh (laughs) i got prophesied many times and as many times that i've tried to run away from it it just it puts me back in the place back in the same path so uh i came to a point where i'm like okay lord i'm gonna accept it and uh many people have have looked at the areas that i've served and they're like, you know, why are you there? Why are you serving there if that's not your calling? I tell them I'm going to serve in anything I can serve because as long as I'm serving, I'm close to my Lord. You know, if you look at the Bible, the king of different countries, of different nations, yes, they would have their, their wise men and their counselors and all that. But none of those wise men or counselors knew the secrets of the king, the ones who knew it were the servants because the servants were always there mm. the guy holding the wine for the king he heard when the king would talk to himself when he would think to himself when he would whisper he would hear right so many times the king would address the guy with the cup of wine because he knew that he was always there it was the servant it was not the wise man it was not the counselor so i prefer to be that guy holding the cup of wine but i could i could be close to my lord i could hear him yeah i could hear right. his guidance so amen so uh, it doesn't matter. I'm going you know, if it's to play bass, okay, I'm gonna give him my all. If it's to sing, if it's to give him my all. If it's to teach, it's to give him my all. And then eventually, God is gonna place me where He wants me to be, and I'm gonna do that the best way I can. Amen. Yeah, that's great. So I guess to to start to wrap up, we're running a little high. But um, what uh, if any, what last words do you have? What are what are the takeaways of your story? What what should the youth watching this? What should they get out from your testimony so um number one i'm gonna say uh shift your focus uh very much shift your focus uh don't be like i was i shifted my focus on the people and i got hurt and um maybe the things that happened in your path have been the things that have caused you to turn into the person that you are now and you think you can't change and you think that there's no hope 
and you think that the things of your past are going to represent who you are now. Uh, it's not like that. I'm a testimony that it's not like that. God has the ability to completely switch your life. God has the ability to completely take the events of your past and make them vanish in an instant. Only if you allow him to do it. Amen. Only if you if you let him do it. Only if you're willing to say, okay, Lord, like I did. Lord, if you did it once, you could do it again. It's just It just takes a little bit of faith. It doesn't take a whole much. It just takes a mustard seed of faith for you to say, I'm here. And if you want to change me, then change me. And I'm, I, I promise you, if you creak the door open just a little bit and you tell him, come in, he'll come in. And for all of those youth that were hurt by the church, that you're traumatized by the church, understand that, number one, it wasn't God. It wasn't Jesus. It wasn't him because his love is so big and so so much more than what maybe your brothers and sisters in church showed you. And if you want to experience that love and if you want to see what it truly means to be part of a church, stop stop putting your focus on trying to find a church and find a family. Look for that family. When you go to a church, try to see it as a family and automatically go with the focus of, oh, I want to I want to know God. I want to feel the presence of God. I want to be filled by the presence of God. And overall, um, don't go for an experience. Go for a complete identity change. Don't go just for, let me feel the heat. Let me feel the shaking. You know, let me feel the pressure. No, go for Lord. Change me into who you want me to be. And that identity, no matter what, whether if one day you feel fire and one day you don't, that identity is going to still be there. Amen. You're still going to be that child. So I can I can testify and I can say today, as much as things have happened in my life and as much of stuff that has gone against me in these past years that identity hasn't changed the lord has established it to a point where the devil can say all the lies he wants and things of the past can still come up and i'll still say no he's my father and his love doesn't change and part of that is is thanks to an awesome family a good group of friends a good group of brothers and sisters and my pastor i, I want to thank my pastor because my pastor has taught me things that to him probably is just a small five minute conversation but they have impacted me so much, and they have they have showed me that God's love is is so much more. Yeah, we we do have an awesome pastor. I'm not even. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. our pastor is he's pretty a, awesome. He's an awesome guy, awesome guy, and uh, and if you're in the area, if you're in Maryland, if you're in the Silver Spring, Columbia, Washington, Northern Virginia area, look, if you're looking for a family, we're a family, and we want to be a family. Uh, Transformation Church is a is a place of healing. It's a place of a Amen. new beginning, and um, God is there. God moves there. And I believe that if uh, if you come and you open the door of your heart to the Lord, the Lord will come in. Amen. Amen. You heard it. Yeah, that was we, an awesome testimony. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah it was. It was. <laughs> yeah, we, we have a lot to uh, to actually like review and 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 digest. I would say. Yeah. But it's been awesome, man. Thank you so much for for being open and and sharing. Um, not everybody is bold enough to share. Um, but uh. If you would please hit that like button, <laughs> yes, and comment. If there's anything that you know stood out to you, comment. If there's anything that that blessed uh, you. you, comment. 
uh let us know what you think i mean um we're barely getting started on this there's plenty more episodes to come uh grateful for uh, the life of my brother kevin he has so i mean this is an overview of your testimony but you know there's other things that we can talk yeah, about yeah. spiritual encounters mm-hmm. uh spiritual visitations uh the battle of the uh the unseen world yep. i think you you're pretty hit uh, you're pretty hit uh, kind of heavy on that so um um yeah there's gonna be interesting topics coming up so stay tuned subscribe hit that bell notification um help us out by doing that we'll gla- we'll appreciate it yeah you a want, lot you want more like the life of clumsy here you know, <laughs> give us a subscribe and, uh, <laughs> yes sir you gonna see more of us yep thanks you guys for watching he did change his username he's no longer <laughs> cuero no i'm not cuero yeah it's okay clumsy is it's okay <laughs> <laughs> but alright guys uh, God bless yeah. stay strong God bless you guys